hello, and, and broadcasting from, from the, the beautiful, beautiful Central Coast, Coast of California. California. It's, it's the, the Doctor Death, Death Danger Radio Show. show. Crack open a cold one. That was a crisp one. Dude, fucking straight, crisp as it could be. Shit. Sounds like you're murdering your thirst over Oh, definitely. <laughs> Dear Liquid Death, every time he cracks open a cold one, it's one of your dreams. Please sponsor us. Oh, fucking please. That'd be fucking sick as fuck. Ugh. How's it going, everyone? Welcome back to another epic episode of the Triple D Radio Show with your boys, James and Edward. Edward was good. Hey everybody, I'm Edward. How's it going? Well, we're back today and uh, we got a fun show tonight. What do we have on the show? For you ladies and gentlemen, we've got the classic album review, The Car, which is The Who's double epic rock opera, which according to research, apparently this album is the first time that term was ever coined. Um, called Tommy. And then, of course, we have your main of. Oh, we've got Hot or Not. For yes, the we have Hot or Not, which is by uh, this art that good friend Jake has sent us. A song by Hot Mulligan. How do you know it's not Armadillo Shells? Is the name of the song. How do you know it's not Armadillo Shells? <laughs> uh, you can go to timestamps and we can <laughs> divulge more about Hot Mulligan. Okay. And then for our main event, what did we watch? Oh, bro. Well, this was your recommendation. This was my recommendation. And let me, I got a question for you all. Are you, oh wait, no, it's not. I got one declaration for you all. Let's get ready to, <coughs> fuck. Yeah, it's ready to rumble with David Arquette. Yeah, from the year of our Lord of 2000. Or and you can really, and you can really tell it's from the early 2000s. <laughs> God Definitely. damn. In a good way, sort of, kind of, maybe. But other than that, oh, anything you want to talk about before we actually get the show going? I did actually want, and I think, I, and I told you about this when we had our uh, show uh, last week, which I'm, I know you want to last talk episode, about. yeah, last episode, yeah. So I wanted to make an addendum because I got a lot of complaints from listeners, and that's a lie. What I mean is, I just thought about it after the fact. Oh yeah, when I was uh, talking about how slowly I've been giving a shit about wrestling again, and I was talking about CM Punk, I made a comment about how Punk is nowhere near like you know as as like electric as he was in AEW. I wanted to point. I, I wanted to like in AEW. Or? Yeah, in AEW. Now that he's back, I wanted to like. Um, I wanted to add on to that. What what I, I wanted I wanted to clarify. MJF in the feud was consistently pretty much amazing. Punk, I think, was cool, but once they started getting close, once he like cut the dog collar promo, I'm like, okay, now Punk's back into it. I think, I think a lot of the electricity around him is still around the is still around the novelty of the fact that hey, yo, Punk's back. But that's pretty much it. Um, as of that, no, I've just been uh, rest, uh, WrestleMania this weekend, I guess. Yes, and next episode, you and I were discussing prior as we might as well just review that show. Yeah. Now, how are we going to watch it? That depends. Are we going to watch it together or are we going to have to watch it on our own means? Well, that's the thing. It's like I'm off Saturday, but I'm not off Sunday and I know I work Monday. 
So that's a bit of a pain. That does seem like a bit of a pain. But at least you and I can watch Saturday together yes. if you wanted to. Yeah, no, I'm honestly... I'm not going anywhere Saturday. As far as it's I definitely can... not going to WrestleMania. Yeah. We have some friends that are planning to go to WrestleMania last minute. Pretty last minute. I was too broke, but they were punishing me to go. But I decided not to. One, I was too broke. Two, the organization was a little lacking where mm-hmm. if we were going to do this, I would like, you know, everything be done this upcoming next week. Yeah. When they were punishing me. That was like a month ago. Yeah. And How also I- one of the friends, good friend Dylan, he is a kidney rejection patient, has to go on dialysis. He had to square his stuff away. I'm like, uh-huh. okay, one, that's already sketchy planning. But since I'm not going... I've been mostly just enjoying a freaking like good old bowl of popcorn when I'm up in the <laughs> peanut gallery watching them organize to get try to do this. <laughs> that sounds fun. And it has been fun. Like just yesterday, they just booked their hotel. And I was about to say. And they don't have their flights yet. I was about to say, if any of you were curious about how last minute this is, yeah, he just told me like five minutes ago, these fuckers don't even have their plane tickets. And the show's in like three days. Yes. They don't have their plane tickets, which obviously they could get plane tickets and however it may be, but it's not going to be the cheapest option. And most likely they're going to have to do some layover bullshit. Mm -hmm. Because when Mr. uh, Yeah, when Mr. Good for a boat still. He's part of the friends that were trying to punish me. He found a 12-hour layover flight. Like, a whole flight's going to take 12 hours to get to fucking Texas. Uh-huh. Which is like... When, I feel what like if I... it's a straightforward... When it's just a normal straightforward flight, that's like four That's like four hours. Yeah. Three hours. I was about to say, it should it should be... But no, they need a layover into Las Vegas, which I know that's a ploy for Jake to go dick around in Las Vegas. Because he likes Las Vegas. We know. I don't know why. It's the glamour. He, he doesn't do anything. It's the imagery. So I, I, some people just like Vegas. Yeah. Whatever. It's just somehow, it does something to them. It yeah. doesn't do anything to me. It just, it fills me with rage every time I'm there. <laughs> You've cut but, like, what, three or four yes, promos on this show could, about it? I could continue forever bitching about Vegas. But, mm-hmm. yeah. So there's already that. They already missed their cheap flight tickets, so, which they didn't get that. And then they're just like, I remember literally last night, they're complaining, well, how are we getting a hotel? I don't got the money on my card. Well, I don't have money on my card. Well, I don't have my card, but I can vend you money. Literally, when they said that, it took them another hour and a half to, when I literally sat there, I was like, wait a minute. Why don't you just Venmo this person the money and then he can get it tonight? Well, we like said that an hour ago. Why didn't you even think just stop and continue doing it? It's kind of ridiculous. Now, See how much now is- they were now it was a difficult decision. They had to figure out a spot mm-hmm. because the person that was looking up for hotels, their priority was try to get the nearest hotel to the dialysis center, mm. which is in Dallas. But WrestleMania is in Arlington, the town like the big town over, and that's mm, oh no, that's like. 20-ish miles away from Dallas or so. Mm-hmm. So how how does this help the people, the two people that are going to Mania? Probably so what not. they ended up is like they <laughs> got a hotel or somewhere two and a half hours away from the event, from the arena, and they'll just split on the cost for the person that has to go to dialysis. So he so they have to pay for like a freaking $60 Uber. There and back. Holy shit, that's $120. R.I.P. See how much their plans fall apart when, like, you're not part of it? Because I remember, like, 
every WrestleMania trip you guys put together. Like, <laughs> you would tell me this too. You were the one cracking down, like, hey, you're in charge of this, so just fucking do it. Like, hey, get that, get the money, you know, right? You, you, you regulate it on them. I would see it for myself, and it's like, they don't even have that. The, the part that sticks with me the most is big trip. Two day WrestleMania, hundreds of hundreds of dollars, and they don't even have the plane tickets. Nope. That's hilarious. Yeah, that's pretty bad. And like each person had responsibility of purchasing these items. Mm-hmm. One person had the responsibility of purchasing the tickets. Mm-hmm. One person had the responsibility of purchasing the friggin' housing. Mm-hmm. And one person had the responsibility of getting plane tickets. Right. Now, the person that was responsible for housing lost their card and also had to figure out where to. And they didn't really actually hunker down and discuss where where to get what hotel Airbnb till yesterday. Three days out. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I don't mind. You Jesus. know what? I have a feeling this is why I didn't want to do the trip. Also, yeah. I didn't want to do two days of mania. Yeah. I preferred it when it was I don't one know day. If I would want to do two days of mania. Like, no matter how good of a mood I'm with, I'm in with WWE at the moment, I just don't know if I would do even even Wrestle Kingdom, where the quality of wrestling would objectively be uh, almost entirely better. I don't know if I could do, like, even if it was somewhere here in the States or whatever, I don't know if I could do that just because that's two entire days of just wall wall six hours of wrestling and then of course you know traveling costs and blah 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 two days for wall, two days, wall, four hours of wrestling and then plus that's that's another extra set of tickets too so just that 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 that, that just sounds a uh, that just sounds stressful yeah that just sounds like a little tedious yeah all right i'm trying to think i had like some funny stuff well one today i met a hilarious q on chick <laughs> at my work Okay. It was literally like I was like told prior that this chick was kind of like a QAnon chick, and I'm like, okay, whatever. I went to the house. I had to set up a mesh network with like two different routers in their spot because that's what they paid for. I set that up, and then they're checking the Wi-Fi, and I totally forgot this chick was kind of QAnonish chick. But literally, when like it was like it was like I was talking to her first. She's like, "Oh yeah, I see two Wi-Fi networks. One's the two G and one's the five G. See, I've read it on the five G. I'm not sure about that. See, my other router didn't have the five G, which I was like, it did, but they just named it, so it didn't seem like it was five G. I see. But I was like, I left it as the two G when I named the SSID, i.e., the Wi-Fi network. But she's already was like, yeah. And when I actually met this chick, it was like, all right, we got the grandma here with the freaking skunk light, like blonde highlights going, got some fucking talons and just like mad <laughs> aggro energy already like tripping on the fucking 5G. I'm like, all routers shoot 5Gs these days. Mm-hmm. And five, Yeah, it's like, no, 5G, the new concept for phones. Yeah, they don't have like, they're trying to like go through all the towers and set that up for cell phones. But that's going to be a thing for routers for a minute. <laughs> A little behind the times, huh? Oh no! But I fucking love Q on people. <laughs> They'll like forever entertain me. Like, believe me, you should have seen how wild this chick was, and just how wild it was just like her like energy came off. I was like immediately, it's like I ain't gonna say shit. <laughs> I'm gonna keep it to the most minimum, dummy proof it, and then bounce the fuck out. <laughs> Yeah, that sounds fair. I fucking love these QAnon people, for realsies. <laughs> I'm trying to think of another fu- oh another fucking hilarious story. So. I like quote unquote met a 
chick on Tinder, which then switched the conversation onto Instagram. Ooh, ooh, okay. No, here's the thing. When I saw the Instagram, it kind of looked like they're kind of a freaking cam girl hustler service. Oh, but they took a fucking week to bring that up. Like it took a minute. Really? It was like I was like, they're still talking to me. Like it's almost normal person. Kind of sketch. So this redhead chick from she says she's from Brazil and shit. And like uh, conversations. Yeah, that's, okay. That's the yeah. app. Yeah. Yeah. Go. She says she's going to schooling. When I looked at all her followings, like her, like or like people she follows, it was all fucking dudes. But I'm like, this person's still talking to me like a normal person. And they come off like a freaking pretty person, but they also have like fucking little Grogu dolls in the background of their photos. So I'm like, no, okay, this is pretty convincing. But once they like sprung on me that they have a cam girl service, I was like, oh, I'm so fucking with this person. <laughs> like the first night I was like, when they brought it up, I was like, yeah, I'm fine with it. Because at first I was like, oh, she just has an OnlyFans like hustle. Sure, I don't care. But no, they're trying to make me go into it. And I was like, oh, I'm going to fuck with you now. Let me guess. It's the whole no. cl- click the link, put in your card information shit. Yeah, yeah. Oh, definitely. I had to put in a card, but I didn't do that. The first, she was like, all right, you need to first go here, click on the big picture, and it's going to go. And like, I click on the big picture and I follow it to the fucking, like, like the freaking cam girl site. I'm like, hot lol. And I'm like, all right, I'm not putting any count in it. I literally, it's, it's, she's like, are you there yet? And I'm like, I'm so sorry. When I did the link, I got a 404 error. And I, it's a little late. I'm going to have to go to bed. Hey, let's just talk tomorrow. Let me make it tomorrow. And then the next day, I was like, she's like, dude, she, she's like, okay, it's like, when you're home, are you going to, like, I so want to chat to you. And it's like, sorry, I'm at band practice. This might run late. <laughs> and now tonight, I was like, yeah, I got to track, well, I got to freaking track a podcast. This might run late again. I do apologize. <laughs> and then I started punishing them because they say they're a college student and they're having doing a paper and they're like freaking like, oh, I need to like do a scenario on like businesses. Yeah. What are those scenarios? And like one was like one. It's like uh, what happened to a business that's like near bankruptcy? Oh, yeah. What would you do there? And it's like, lol. I don't know. How about you tell me? And then I was like, well, I'm kind of in the middle of recording, so I ain't going to answer for an hour or two. <laughs> But I'm just like, I was like, I'm like, I was thinking, it's like, all right, what excuses can I get to like, see how long it takes for this person to like realize, oh, he's not going to fucking do this shit. Like legit. And like, I even played it off too. It's like, I think you're playing me. Yeah. But I'm still cool to try it. <laughs> and it's like, it's like, they don't. Oh man! Yeah. I was like, "See, so your account look like you look like you were like just another sketchy cam girl account, but seems like you're a real person." I'll be saying stupid shit like that. Oh, that's so good. I was literally, oh, I'm just thinking for the hilarious. Make that bitch work for it. Oh yeah, I'm like just thinking about the hilarious one too. It was like even yesterday too. It was like, yeah, I'm gonna be late out tonight. Maybe you can send me some. Maybe you can send me a picture to motivate me to come home sooner. Just sends me like a butt pic, and I was like, yeah, she. I'm like not coming home sooner. <laughs> no, I'm just waiting for the one where I'm just like sitting there is like, all right, I'm ready. Like, oh, I lost my card. I don't know ah! where it went. I'm not there yet. Oh, dude. You need to keep me updated. You need to keep the show updated with that. My funny shit. Just to, just to, just to see how long until it takes them to rage quit. Yeah. 
because they have been known to do that. You know, you always see those memes where sometimes they block the people they try to hustle because they know they're getting played and they're just like, well, fuck this. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. Also, I was being a mad hater of the day, too. On um, what? So there's this like small little Bay Area band called Hemorrhage. Hemorrhage. It's like H-E-M-O-R-A-G-E. Yeah. Is it supposed to be like the word hemorrhage, but it's hemorrhage? Yeah, it's not. I guess. I guess, yeah. Okay. I think I might have seen a flyer with some other band we would be playing with, but they've been having a gimmick where they got themselves a little like, uh, they got themselves a small minibus. And like what they do is they post up outside of like bigger metal shows after the show's going out and they just try to do a mini concert to the point of like whenever cops roll up and shut them down. That's, uh, that's something. Yeah, like you, if you go on their Instagram, what road see, warriors? What road? But they're like promoting. We're gonna be doing a mini tour in April. We got six dates, no venues, no promoters, and like they're coming in a slow. On the day of the fucking Exodus Testament show, so I was literally howling when I saw that. I was like, <laughs> "So yo, we're getting the short bus band rolling up, friggin' like trying to post up after the friggin' like cheese thrash show." How long will it take till Slow's PD's finest comes in and shut that shit down? Not long. The cops around here got nothing to do. Yeah. So they'll find their asses quick. Yeah. This fucking band trying to like play. It's like, yeah, who's ready for some sick metal? And it's like, in concept, you think, wow, that sounds really sick. A band that just has a little bus, does just park up and start playing a show. And like, yeah, sure. But when I listen to their music, though, I'm like, they sound like a fucking local band. Cool, cool concept, guys. But Is maybe it, you should have wrote better songs. I was trying to listen to them, and I'm like, dude, I'm just skimming through, and I'm not finding anything that's good. Like, I skimmed through the new Foo, the Foo Fighters metal album, and that should have more memorable shit skimming through than whatever these guys are putting out. Oh, my mom's gonna love that. I literally was just like sitting there, I was like, bro, if the Foo Fighters are writing better metal than you, maybe you should rethink things. Not gonna lie. But that's just me being a hater. And I could be a good hater sometimes. Oh, yeah. Trust me. I, I know, know. Hating on the band, it's like, oh, hey, they're actually doing something, you know, kind of creative and witty. And, like, I don't see you taking your bands, getting a small bus, and then try to follow, like, these shows and just post up outside and try to play a mini concert to try to make fans that way. Yeah, sure. One, I don't have the money to do that. And also the money to pay for all the noise violations when the cops bother me with that. Because even on their Instagram, they're even showing that they're getting hit with, like, noise violation tickets. Really? Yeah, so I'm like, well, one, I don't have the money for that. Two, what, are they like cool flexing, idea. Are they like flexing that? Sure. Okay. Sure, you could say that. But literally, it's like, but their music's just so, eh. I'm like, I mean, you know, if you good don't, idea. Yeah. Better, be better if you had really cool songs. Yeah. But who knows? Maybe I'll like be outside and they'll be playing the sickest shit, and I'm like, damn, this band rips. Well, if they just, or I just come outside. Wow, this band is just sounds like a local band. Oh, here it's Slow's finest. Finally, shutting this shit down. What if they just park Fucking like lull. directly across the street from the Exodus show and that's try to their draw plan? Away. Oh wait, really? That's literally the plan. They're gonna park directly across, and then they're just gonna. Try they might to, even just park right in front of the front door, and then just start trying to play. That they I, let me pull. Up they a would have the biggest dicks if they did that. that dude, they did that at a municipal waste and obituary show. That's literally. I'm not gonna lie, bro. That's kind of baller. Yeah, the, <laughs> them doing that baller. 
But the music, though, not baller. Well, if you had to describe the sound, like if you don't want to put a genre on it, like like what kind of bands that they sound it's like? It's kind of fucking ass thrash, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, see, I know what that means, but I don't, I don't know if other people would know what that it means. Isn't, that's all I need. So I'm gonna pull up like, oh man, fucking right here, bro. Okay, let's see. I get okay. if I get the sound, but you can see they just roll up on a fucking bus and shit. You know, I'll say this. Um, yeah, here it is. I'm like, we're just watching something right now. Yeah, sorry. I'm not recording the audio coming off this. Oh, okay, sorry. Well, yeah, he's showing us footage of them playing in their party bus and people showing up. And No, that, that, people aren't showing up. They just show up outside that, of the that's venue. What I mean. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. But you can see. Fuck, dude. I'm not going to lie. Like, like, okay, I'm hearing the music. It's not. It's nothing I haven't heard before. But I'm not going to lie, bro. That's pretty baller. I've never seen that before. I have, though. Oh. <laughs> I remember fucking when I was at a show, like the kind of the first real show back from all this like pandemic stuff, when I was at RBS, yeah. literally between every set, there was this one fucking band at the end of the lot in their fucking van trying to play whatever goofy ass like slamming death metal that they had going at this hardcore show. I'm just okay, like, well, okay, well, this band sounds like the music was better. A little bit better. Ish. Death metal's, I don't know. I think bad thrash metal is better than bad death metal. Like, that song sounds like it's okay, but I'm like, when I've like listened to their other stuff, I'm just like, this is not good. No, I get that, but I'm just saying, I being bored by death metal and being bored by thrash metal are two very different boards. Being bored by death metal is when you're just like, oh, man. But being bored with thrash metal, it's kind of like, you ever like drink a lot of coffee, but it doesn't wake you up, so you still feel tired, but your heart's still racing, but it makes your heart race a bit? That That's what being bored with thrash metal feels like. Being bored with thrash metal just feels like you fell asleep during a history class. But the teacher had a had a smoky breath, not breath, voice. Yeah. All right. No, that was the, they sound fun. Would I like them? I'm not gonna no, lie and say I would. One snippet. That, that's what I mean. That's one. Song, I was trying so to listen there. But I was trying to listen their overall music. Yeah. And I'm like, no, nothing's hitting. True. All right. Oh, all right. Speaking of music, well, right, let's start that. Let's actually start the show. Yeah. Let me bring up hot or not. Yo. I'm glad. I'm glad you did. Oh, okay. We're going. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. I thought that was good. I thought that was good. Just the fucking hard. Just, just hard start. Wanted to piss you off. Sorry. Yeah, we just had a fun ten fucking minutes. Yeah, we kind of took a, a ten minute fuck off break for me to prove a point on why this mobile band's kind of kind of weak musically. The idea, though, I'm not gonna say it's not sick. No. Like, publicity stunt-wise, it looks sick, but I'm like... They got 8,000 followers from it. Yeah, but I'm like, man, their music just isn't... Just I don't like their music. He showed me they have a GoFundMe. The goal is $3,000. They have raised 600 57 Have them go on tour. And that's literally it. Help our band... Help a band... Help a band go on tour. It's like, can you imagine? It's like, James, could you imagine for Corpse Thrower... Yeah, there you go. And a band that actually like, has an Instagram. Yeah, and you're just like, hey guys, this is Corpse Thrower. We want to go on tour, but we need your help to do it. Pledge to our Patreon. Give us two grand. Like, like, could you imagine? No. And it's not because you lost equipment. 
It's not because well, you're trying that. to raise money for your for a friend or someone in need or a charity. No, it's literally give us money so we can do our job. Well, they're not getting paid. No, but being a musician's work. So it, it it's like it's like an internship. You work really hard for something you're not getting paid for. In a roundabout way. Anyway, what's this Jake's? What's this Bone Steel song? All right, um, we'll have Mr. Jake tell us about it. Okay. All right, Mr. Steel, what do you have for us? What's up, Bones? Well, I need to first actually put the recording button on the phone. All right. Okay. Mr. Bones, what do you have for us? Do you play? All yes. right. So this week's hot or not is this band called Hot Mulligan, and uh, the band's actually been around for quite a while and everything. I've just kind of seen them around for a few years. However, I've been noticing lately that a lot of the TikTok kids have been. Either discovering them or covering them and Tickery everything. Talk. And, you know, there's I'm sorry. Damn it, James. I thought, <laughs> I thought I would continue going. However, I've just been noticing lately that a lot of the TikTok kids have been fuck up, either okay. discovering them or no, covering okay. them We're and keeping. everything. And, you know, there's kind of quirky bands, you know, quirky titles, uh, a la The Devil Wears Prada. But, you know, they have a pretty cool sound. Uh, you know, it's very um, Midwest emo kind of has this, uh, you know, a front man that objectively has a bad voice and can't really sing, but does it in a way that's like, you know, very convincing. So anyways, uh, this is this week's Hot or Not, Hot Mulligan. How do you know it's not armadillo shells? You know what that kind of reminds me of? Do you remember when we were kids and all those deathcore bands were up and that was the thing? It was quirky names for bands and quirky names for songs. Like, I forget who did the song, but one of the ones I remember from that time period was like, It Smells Like Kevin Bacon, but it was just this like screamo core song. Just shit like that. Yeah. That was a really weird period of time. Oh my God. Why is everything quiet right now? All right. Well, Hot Mulligan, here's their bio on Spotify. Okay. We invented post emo. <laughs> We are also known as the number one hot new band. No, it doesn't say that. You can go look it up yourself. <laughs> oh, my God. And the song is, how do you know it's not Armadillo Shells? Wacky Zany Light. Over 9 million freaking listens on Spotify. What's the second most? That is the second most. Oh. Wait. No, that is the first most. It's just the second popular song. Oh. You see, they make their voice break like that because it's it's to sh- it's to show you that they're showing emotion. Survive! Oh man! Oh, I bet your mom's really loving this one. Mom's not a big fan of pretty boys. She likes manly men. Yeah, but well, that sounds like it's not a pretty boy. It's a girly man thing. Mom always, man. Mom always told me she liked Burt Reynolds because, quote unquote, he had hair on his chest. What the hell is this? No, it was like there's a bunch of wacky nonsense. I thought Jake was just going to make us listen to the new MJK. <laughs> this sounds like it's like a weird opening to some like 2005, like coming of age rom com from like 2005. Wake up! Wake up! <laughs> At least there's something to say with this, unlike Andy Negative. Well, yeah, that's because... Oh, hey, we got some drums. 
Oh, dude. It's a bass. I didn't know there was going to be other instruments. I the song's only be- fucking half over. Well, that's not a bad concept. No, 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 no. I've heard that, but here's the thing. It has to sound good. See, now this is okay. Oh, because there's electric guitars now? No, because it's generic, but it's generic in like an okay. It's not the worst generic way. This okay. reminds me. This this reminds me of uh, middle school. Is that a good or a bad thing? Yes. Yes. <laughs> you know, maybe Jake put a bad uh, idea in my mouth, but I am not impressed with this singer. I'm like, he's not ass though. No, I'm not saying he's ass. Like, I'm saying I'm saying he's not the, that good. Maybe he's ass the freaking traditionalist Mr. Bone Steel you mean pop tra- singer boy. You mean traditionalist degree from Music Institute Bone Steel? Yes, I think like, he is I'm going to sound I'm fine with like bad. singers blowing out their voices. Well, yeah, that's rock and roll. Yeah, I feel like this is what this guy does. But I've like heard that kind of shit before. Big whoop. I'm not saying he's ass. I'm just saying I don't think he's that good. Uh, I'm gonna be honest. The song was just kind of boring. Well, that's kind of what you fucking kind of get with that kind of shit. Yeah, Not but gonna like, lie. Like, there's generic, and then there's boring. This was obviously this was a little bit of both. But like, I, I that 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 yeah, the song was just kind of boring. At least with any negative, I know we didn't talk when we heard any negative. But, but that's cr- because we were so blown away. But how bad it was. Yeah, we were like cringing eternally. Well, one, we were cringing, but then we were just getting aggravated. I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck is this? No, this was harmless. Um, I That's can't- the thing. It just sounds harmless. Yeah, this is a harmless whatever, nothing happening song. Uh, these guys are clearly, right? The This band is clearly, they're just vibing. They're just living their best life and uh, they're chilling. So I don't know what that I don't know what that post emo shit was about. I'm I, I'm gonna give him benefit of the doubt and assume that was a funny haha joke because it was funny when you told me it. But um, I sure it's post emo, <laughs> but sounds like Midwest emo. Yeah, yeah. It's I get it. TikTok people want to be sad or something. I, I I can't give it a hot, but I I don't think it's a bad song. But I Wait, I just I can't felt like give, it got better as it went on. No, it got better, but not enough, for me personally. Not enough for me to give it a hot. What says you? I didn't give a fuck about the song. Let's see. <laughs> I'm just like, bro. <laughs> <sighs> these just fucking sad indie kids that actually have people going their shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that actually have fan bases. Yeah, hey, let me put it this way. I was saying this earlier with Hemo Rage. <laughs> I could be a good hater. Yeah. So I'm just being a mad hater. I'm just gonna say not. Yeah, but there's yeah, but there's being. You know, a, I could be a mad hater. I could be a good hater. Yeah, but sometimes yeah, yeah, but we had that discuss. It's had- like that Chappelle like skit, the hater like the freaking oh, hater yeah, player, yeah, yeah. hater players award. I could be a hater like that. Yeah, but the thing is, is like that. What separates, uh, like, I, I, I'm not saying like you specifically, but haters, quote unquote, like you, like, like, because we had this discussion like last time when we met for practice, and we we were talking about Slipknot again, and you're like, bro, how this become a gatekeeper band? I'm just like, I don't know, because they were a good band and stuff, and and I was yeah, but oh, but yeah, and the other person, <laughs> yeah, the our guitar player too, your yeah. friend Dylan, he's like, yeah, I guess you could say that too. But when I bro- I broke his wall, I broke his ceiling, also. <laughs> Bro, you don't realize people tri- treat Slipknot like how people were treating Slayer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, what? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, and I'm like, oh, now you just realize that, pi- that triggered him. That pissed realize- him off. Yes. 
Maybe that's why I'm a hater. I'm like, bro, Slipknot's getting like the Slayer treatment. I'm like, come on. Yeah, but what? But the point I'm getting at is that I was going to take my boomer hater energy off to the. Di- but off that's to what the I'm sun. getting at is that you're able. You're for the most part, you're able to at least objectively be like, yeah, I don't like it, but I could see why. Uh, but but I I can, oh, can yeah. see why it's popular. I don't know. I can see why it's popular. Yeah, man. Do I have to like it? No, because I can have my no, own you just personal. Need, music you just need opinion. to go with me to the fucking 2002 New Metal Fest that's going on with Rob Zombie, Powerman 5000, Mudvayne, and Static X. How about you just take? You my, won't know till you try. Just take my young boy Seb. He'll go, go with to- us. Come on, dudes. You don't know till you try. You only live once. Hey, listen. What, what about when we were kids and you used to drag me to all those uh, all those local metal shows and those those hardcore shows and all that? I didn't know I'd like them. I probably didn't really like them at the time. But I let you talk me into it and I ended up liking them. It could be the same thing, man. He slurped that liquid death with murderous intent. With intense intent. I think we're going to... I think we might have to put a... What's the word? Put a kibosh. We'll put a bookmark on this. We'll uh, put a bookmark on that conversation. On this conversation. We'll come back to that. Okay, fine. We'll pause it. Save it to the DVR. We'll All return. Right. All right. Let's get into the CAR. But first, oh God, yeah. let us get a timestamp and don't worry. It'll be all good. Okay. All right. Now it's time for the CAR, IA, the classic album review. What do we listen to today? Okay, everybody. Here we go. So. It, last time on Triple D, we listened to The Who Sells Out. Okay, this time we've got The Who's big double LP, big dick rock opera called... First t- which got a movie. the rock opera. Yeah, I found that out in my research. Although some people, some music people that give a shit about this kind of stuff are just like, well, um, it's the first one to be called a rock opera, but it doesn't quite fit the criteria of a rock opera because everyone's perception of rock opera is either The Wall or Welcome to the Black Parade. So... What? No, but this is like, <laughs> this came before those. Yeah, but I guess people, ju- some what? people... What? No, what? No. I guess How some... I guess some, I guess some... Out, maybe this laid the foundation, sure. Well, yes, it did lay but the But if foundation. your conception is the wall, and then jumping a couple decades later to My Chemical Romance, the Black Parade... Yeah. I, I, think- only br- I only brought that up because when Black Parade came out, it explicitly got a lot of comparisons to the White Album and the Wall. When did the White Album come out? Was that a rock opera? Six, no, that was just two LPs of just the Beatles fucking around and writing songs. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's great stuff on there. That's pretty chill. But yeah, so um, uh, we're we're gonna recap this song, this album, segment by segment, and I'm well, gonna best tell as you we can. Here's the thing: we we're supposed to record two days earlier, yes. but you were very busy and yes. you just could not make it happen, dude. I and was when I was doing this, so hard. I, dude. Here's the thing: I was like cramming this in that day. Oh, okay. so my notes for this album aren't the best. It do get better as it goes on. Okay, I can remember for the most part. Don't worry. I will definitely try my best. Okay, because I don't want to give an A effort. <laughs> Damn it, <laughs> that's for sure. Honestly, an A effort from this podcast is like, hey, if we could talk about the shit that we have scheduled, and if we can get a couple good laughs in, you know, then then that's 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 fine. All right, let's fucking roll, baby. What's the first song? All right, so first song is called Overture. This is an instrumental like rock music with a horn section. It's fun. It feels it feels kind of pretentious, but it's good. Uh, I found it a little funny because when, the- when an album does, when a band does a double full, double LP full length, <laughs> I think it might run into that territory of pretentiousness. Not going to lie. 
I wrote here, it feels like someone's descending from the heavens, but this, uh, but this album's just about a kid that plays pinball. Maybe it didn't need to be five minutes, but I thought it was worth a six. Oh, only five minutes? Well, I gave it a six out of ten. No comments. All I could was only have to think because I was driving. I could only give it like just six out of ten. Now, how about song two? Song two is just a 30 second interlude called It's a Boy. Uh, it's and a boy. if you didn't see the track listing, you would think that this was just part of the first song still because, yeah, it's pretty much just. <clears throat> it, it felt enough like the other song that I just lumped it in with it. So it gets a six, not because this is a six out of 10, but because it just feels like it's part of track one. So for my personal ranking, that's what I gave it. So yeah, for song two, I gave it six <coughs> out of 10 because it just literally followed the last song. So no point in fucking, yeah, you know, yeah. going too hard on that. Let's go to song three, the actual next song. Yeah. One well, actual song. Well, consider a song song. This song is called 1921. I guess this is a flashback song-ish because it's about the birth of our protagonist, I guess. I don't know. It, 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 the, the song's okay. It didn't stir up anything in me. Music is nice, but it kind of sounded like filler. And when I typed that, I'm like, wait a minute. This is the third song, though. Oh, shit. That's not good. Yeah, five out of ten. Really? I thought 1921 was kind of dank. Seven out of ten. Really? I don't know. I was just vibing. See, I was going to say... No, I was vibing. Don't see, worry. See, I don't know. Because, like, I was going to say before we started this, I've been really high on The Who since we started. And I remember you said that Who Sells Out felt a little flat. And I was kind of digging on it. Tommy felt a little flat. So, I guess... It's kind we'll of a double album. I, don't worry. I can tell you this for a double album. There's parts of it that kind of rule, and there's parts of it where... Yeah, okay, it's just kind of flat. Yeah. So track it's four just mid. Track four is one of the uh, one of the good, uh, really good songs on here. It's called "Amazing Journey." It's a real. Um, this song felt like classic, just early sixties Who, simple and catchy. That's the way you do it. No, not much to say other than it's just solid. Uh, yeah, six out of six out of ten. Yeah, for song four, "The Amazing Journey," I thought it was pretty tight. You know what? A light seven out of ten. Okay. I feel like it earns a seven, but it's a light seven. Also, really quick, not to uh, keep detracting, but you remember how we were talking about to ourselves? Maybe we said it on radio how, like, oh man, you know the Who. You know, we were thinking of uh, how cool they are, but they weren't as groundbreaking as Zeppelin. I was chilling on the Who's TV tropes page, and then and they make note on there how you know when people think of the British invasion, they think of you know the Who's Stones, the Beatles, and the Kinks and stuff. But um, but uh, but the, they came before, yeah, yeah. But every but but they said the Who didn't really break that much ground, and then it was like dot 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 unless you're and it listed like. Johnny, uh, one of the Ramones guys, Johnny Rotten, and somebody else. So, so point I'm getting at is that I guess the Who had a profound influence on punk rock. So I guess they did help create that. Well, maybe that's why I've been liking the Who. <laughs> yeah, they're pretty. They just play some straightforward rock. And I, roll. I said this. There's some the, rockers and they got some energy. Yeah, to I them. said that during their first album, uh, especially. But there's uh, there's a lot of uh, there's some points where I'm like, yo, this feels almost kind of punky. But okay, so oh, hey, but you're just like, yeah, oh, people that really like the Who are all these like people that decided to uh, help the genre that is punk rock. <laughs> I'm like, well, see, I always like an actual. Bro, if the Ramones say you influenced them, you're an all right band, you know? You know what? Yeah, alone, supposedly Ramones are sketch. <laughs> Does that surprise you, though? No. <laughs> try, try. I'm going to like, not going to be, I'm not going to lie. 
A lot of you boomers have sketchy <laughs> sketchy opinions. Well, yeah. <laughs> track 5 It's is- the time period. <laughs> I don't blame you. Yeah. Track 5 is Sparks. The song it transitions directly into the last one. I, dis- sorry, I have something cringy to say. <laughs> okay. Back on my it's like I don't blame you. I don't blame you. I blame America. That's kind of my opinion about it. That was just me being cringy. Sorry for interrupting. Because, like, don't get me wrong. I, I, I mean, you definitely got a whole. I want you people. to do a whole review. And it's like, all right, six out of ten. I come up. Oh yeah, remember what I was talking about prior? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that. Blame America. That's funny. I felt like I might as well get it out. That's kind of my opinion, though, on it. Like speaking, like semi seriously, it's just like don't get me wrong. You got to hold the people accountable if they're being douchebags and or believing douchebag things. But there's, it's genuinely hard for some for some of the younger folks to wrap their heads around. Hey, man, that was literally just like the way of life it was back then. You know, the the things they believed in were assumed facts. It's kind of like my my really smart philosophy book co-worker dude was talking about uh, I don't well, know he, he, he got to talking about church or whatever oh yeah with one of his teachers and it's just like oh yeah someone asked in a history class hey did people attend church back in like I don't know 16 1700s or whatever and the guy was like oh dude it wasn't a thing to them there was like a hundred percent a god that it's that kind of thing so it's you know a lot of those old boomer opinions yeah so track six is called, oh yeah what'd you think of track five what was your thoughts oh sparks yeah. kind of just there five out of ten that's uh no i gave it a six i thought it was all right yeah track six is eyesight to the blind which okay so lyrically this is a actually a, a cover of a song of the song of the same name by sunny boy wilson the two the two Wait, I mean the second. I wrote the two, but it's the second. I'm not sure what significance it has to the story. Maybe if I saw the movie, I'd know. But for now, it's kind of okay. It's two minutes. It kind of comes and goes with a little fanfare. Kind of doubly weird, too, because like on the original release, this is like the end of side one, record one. And I'm like, oh, well, that ended kind of limp, didn't it? Uh, Yeah, five out of ten. Oh, what eyesight? Yeah, I thought eyesight was tight. A strong six out of ten. Doesn't earn a seven, but it's a strong six. Let's see. So now it's time for Christmas. Yes. Uh, Tommy, can you hear me? <sighs> Tommy, can you hear me? Tommy, can you hear? That's like this entire fucking song. Tommy, can you hear me? He repeats it like four, no, like eight fucking times. Oh, I'm going to piss you off then. I give it a seven out of ten. I gave it a six because it was a fine song, but uh-huh. it's just, Tommy, can you hear me? I thought, Tommy, can you hear me? Yeah, I thought you were just like fucking, are you just going to say this the whole entire time? Tommy, can you hear me? No, I was after a while because it was almost like a solid goddamn minute. Dude, I was fine with the solid minute. Tommy, can you hear me? <laughs> There's some stuff that you like that when I think about other stuff you don't like, I'm like, what is, why? Oh, dude. I don't have specific examples right now, but I just know that this is part of it. Oh, dude. Fucking. I've been fucking like vibing on like Little Pump's Gucci Gang. That song's fucking awesome. <laughs> that song's like six years old. Yeah, so who cares? <laughs> Yo, Gucci Gang, Gucci Gang, Gucci Gang, Gucci Gang. That's that's probably the most boomer energy thing you've said. <laughs> it's just all of a sudden now you're you're listening to this hip meme song from like six years ago. Oh, no. The, his best song is Pump Rock. <laughs> Pump rock bullshit slip my wrist. What are we talking about? This is going on our podcast. Why not? <laughs> well, I was because I was watching a YouTuber talking about all that 2010, like freaking all that, like uh, 2010, like uh, rap that came out. I was like, you know what? The decade yeah. has passed. You can actually document it as like now past tense. It's kind of interesting because if I was sat here, remember present tense, still to be cringing about that. Sure, but I'm like. No, that song's six years old now. 
That was part of the last decade. Oh, we yeah. can actually now talk about that decade now. That's crazy to think about. Cause that, yeah, it well. makes it very interesting. Yeah. Huh. So track eight here is so called... Back to the Who and getting off a little pump. It's called Cousin Kevin. It's another okay one. I'm, I wrote here, I'm starting to get frustrated because we are officially a third of the way through this record and nothing amazing has happened. Am I being too harsh? I'm not going to This song in particular was fine. Know. It's hard to say if we're ever harsh or not. Yeah. Because I feel like sometimes we're harsh. We've been harsh. And I feel like sometimes it's we've been harsh but warranted. This is like the 20th fucking time I brought it up. But like, I think of G-Love and I'm like, Fuck, dude, we could have been way harsher on that. Well, how about, <laughs> hey, let's talk about Cousin Kevin. What's up with Cousin Kevin? I liked it. It's a little slower. It's almost trippy in, in sound. Nice melodies of vocals. Uh, five out of ten. Nothing amazing, but it was fine. I liked it for some reason. Six out of ten. Nice. Let's give it a light six out of ten. So track nine is called The Acid Queen. The Acid Queen. This one was better. Uh, simple, catchy rock. I might listen to it again. Six out of ten. Yeah, I wrote down Ask the Queen, a light 6 out of 10. Track 10 is a song I liked quite a lot. Uh, it's uh, called Undertour, uh, like Overture, but Undertour. It's really nice, pretty guitars, good drums. One thing that might be a problem for some people, the song is 10 minutes, but I'm going to say it. This was a damn good 10 minutes. I really liked this song. Second half took a bit to get going, but it was good. Felt like I went on a journey with this song. Like, you know, you know what I mean? Like, I just... Um, like it, like it felt like it took me places. I gave this one a good seven out of ten. Really, dude? It was, I thought it was just more of the first song. Well, yeah, I gave it a six out of ten, but I'm like, no, it's even longer though. There was added elements though. Maybe so I should have paid attention it. to the elements. I was kind of cramming this. I'll give it a six out of ten. Track eleven is a twenty second loop or twenty second ditty called "Do You Think It's All Right?" Well, no, I don't. It's only 20 seconds. I don't understand the plot. Fuck you. Five out of 10. Oh, I just wrote down. It's a quickie. No comment. <laughs> no rating. Track 12 is Fiddle About. I wrote here. This song kind of reminds me of that Alfred Molina song that James likes to listen to. Yeah. Uh, it's a minute and a half. <laughs> I wrote here. It's a minute and a half. I don't get what it's about. Five out of 10, which... Uh, I looked at the plot later, and yeah, okay. But yeah, what do you think of this? Uh, fiddle about okay, five out of ten. Mm-hmm. And in track thirteen, thank fuck, it's Pinball Wizard. Now here's a good song. You know what this song? In retrospect, if I'm being objective, this song might only be a good song. But after the other twelve songs before this, this song sounded great. Oh yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, this Pinball is like Wizard. going. This is like going from free X videos to premium Pornhub. You know what I mean, dog? <laughs> this is a good, fun song. It's memorable. You remember that riff? You remember that pre-chorus? Your mom listens to this podcast. <laughs> TLDR. It's a really good song. Eight out of ten. Sorry, this is that like it's got yeah. such a subtle wrist. No, no, your fucking comment. Yeah, you from X videos to premium Pornhub. I'm like, your mom listens to this podcast. My mom's favorite podcast. <laughs> I wrote down, dude. It's a classic, bro. Pinball Wizard, eight out of ten. Fuck, maybe a nine, bro. It's that. <laughs> it just rules. It rules that much more compared to the rest of the album. Uh, so what's up with the doctor next? Oh yeah, next so it's one? this one's called. There's a doctor. It's 23 seconds. 
Let's go see him tomorrow. And I wrote, well, how about tomorrow you go see these nuts? Five out of ten. I just wrote down doctor, short, no rating. Track 15 is called Go to the Mirror! Exclamation point. Go to the Mirror. This song is hard. Hard rocking. Well, sort of. I like the change-ups the song did. Everything else was kind of meh. And I wrote here, am I going crazy? I'm starting to get bored. Five out of ten. Uh, go to the mirror. I was like, you know what? Six out of ten. Didn't offend me. I didn't care that much, though. Now, what's up with this? Was this another Tommy Can You Hear Me? Yeah, but it's done as like a song. This song sounded like Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. Like with those vocal Tommy, harmonies. Tommy, can you hear me? Tommy, can you hear me? But it's only a minute and a half. I thought it was fine. Five out of ten. You know what's the trippiest thing? Like, most of this record, I felt like, felt like a 1969. Like, it all has been sounding like, okay, this sounds like music Mm -hmm. from 1969. It's like it's coming out of the 60s. But for some reason, this song sounded like it came out mid-60s. Which, as I'm sure you know, this is actually, this record is from 69. Yes. Nice. That's crazy. Oh, yeah. Six out of ten. Yeah. That's crazy, I think, because there's so many things that came out in 1969. Rush's first album came out this year. Fucking Abbey Road by the Beals came out this year. King Crimson's debut came out this year. Shit like that's And, like, oh, I forget which Yes album came out this year. It might have been the one with, like, Starship Trooper on it, but it's like, that's just crazy to me. I think Genesis' first album came out this year because those guys have been around forever. <clears throat> so track 17 is called Smash the Mirror. No exclamation point. It starts, it goes, glass shatters at the end, but there's no stone cold. Rip. Rip. Five out of ten. Yeah, I just wrote on Smash the Mirror, six out of ten. I might have been zoning. Track track 18 is Sensation. This is a short song, but this is a good one. Not much to say, but I didn't hate it. In fact, I think I liked it. I would throw this one on again. Sensation, six out of ten. Yeah, six out of ten for me. All right. Track 19. The Miracle Cure. It's 10 seconds and just basically just like extra, extra, read all about it. The pinball wizard starts his own cult, which is actually apparently the plot. Yes. (laughs) Uh, No score. (laughs) Yeah, no score. Track 20 is Sally Simpson. This is a fun, up-tempo, almost folk song, but with a piano about it. I wouldn't say it's amazing, but it's it's still good. Uh, I gave it a six. Yeah, Sally Simpson. I gave a strong six out of ten. Didn't yeah, earn a yeah. seven, but you know what? It's a strong six. Yes. Track 21 is I'm free. Kind of boring. Kind of want the album to be over. I can't believe I wrote that. <laughs> Five out of ten. It's a long record. <laughs> I wrote down I'm free, zoned out. <laughs> Five out of ten. Track 22 is called Welcome. I wrote boring. Four out of ten. So 22, I liked it. It was like, welcome, a twangy prog rock, prog rock sounding thing. A light 6 out of 10. Oof, I guess I gave up at this point. I think, y'all know, it sounds like you did. Track 23 is Tommy's Holiday Camp. This was a 23 second thing Keith, wrote, Keith Moon wrote all by himself. And I thought to myself, Keith, I am way too drained from this album for your quirky bullshit right now. Oh, God. Four out of ten. But it was funny. Hey, it's Tommy's Camp. A wacky jingle. Five out of ten. Last song is track 24. We're not gonna take it. No, seriously. That's that's the song. It's not the Twisted Sister song. I almost thought they covered that song and I would have been like, that's hilarious. But no. So, 
not the Who cover Twisted Sister, obviously. This was better than the last. I wrote here, this is better than the last five songs. It's uh, better be, right? Because it's the finale. And yeah, it's 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 good. Uh, I gave it I, I gave it a I gave it a seven because I thought it was pretty good. And here's the thing for a song 24. I'm like, you know what? Not bad. And I really want to like it. You know what? A light seven out of ten. Sure. So if I tally up my score, and I'm going to be completely honest, I probably messed it up. But considering two songs had no score, out of a possible 220, this album gets 121. Out of what again? 220. Oh, okay. I was not vibing with Tommy. This is technically that seems that sounds like a light five. I've only listened to like five or six, but technically, I think this is my least favorite double album I've ever heard. But again, I haven't even listened to like ten. I'm pretty sure. But yeah, so I thought to myself, okay, what the hell was the plot to this record? So I went on the Wikipedia. Do you know the story of this album? Like, oh, not yeah, it's making like, like, plot. Yeah, no, I literally am pulling up the synopsis right now. Okay, great. So here's what happens. Oh, dude, I could just read it. Okay, fine, go ahead. All right. So Tommy has never had a definitive plot, but the following synopsis was published following the original album's release. All right. Here's the plot of the story. British Army Captain Walker goes missing during an expedition and is believed dead, which is the song Overture. His wife, Mrs. Walker, gives birth to their son, Tommy. It's a boy. Years later, Captain Walker returns home and discovers that his wife has found a new lover. The captain kills the lover in an altercation. Tommy's mother brainwashes Tommy into believing he did not see or hear anything, shutting down his senses and making him deaf, dumb, and blind to the outside world. Tommy now relies on his senses of touch and imagination, developing an inner psyche. A quack claims his wife can cure Tommy, while Tommy's parents are increasingly frustrated that he will never find religion in the midst of his isolation. They begin to neglect him, leaving him to be tortured by a sadistic cousin Kevin and molested by his uncle Ernie. The hawker's drug-addicted wife... The acid queen gives Tommy a dose of LSD causing a hallucinogenic experience that is expressed musically, which will be the song Underture. As Tommy grows older, he discovers that he can feel vibrations significantly well to become an expert pinball player. His parents take him to a respected doctor who determines the boy's disabilities are psychosomatic rather than physical. Tommy is told by the doctor to go to the mirror and his parents notice he can stare at at his reflection after seeing Tommy spend extended periods staring at a mirror in the house his mother smashes it out of frustration this removes Tommy's mental block and recovers his senses realizing he can become a powerful leader after breaking a mirror <laughs> that's kind of a jump that's um oh hey <laughs> I now am now not dumb deaf and blind I will become a cult leader so, he, so then he starts a religious movement, which generates fever among its ad- adherents and expands into a holiday camp. However, Tommy's followers ultimately reject his teachings and leave the camp. Tommy retires inward again, and with his continuing statement of wonder of which encompasses him. That's the story of Tommy. Yeah, talk about a... Uh, that's trippy, uh, if I'm being honest. 
It's something, bro. Uh, it's um. You know, I you know I was thinking to myself. Uh, I thought to myself, "Fuck, dude, we should have reviewed this album and watched the movie for this on the same day." I literally thought about that right now when we started the review. I was like, <laughs> "Oh shit, there's a movie." Maybe we I thought you knew there was a movie. Actually, no. Yeah, my parents like it. Well, that's cool. It went up for whatever that's worth. Oh yeah, I want to crack some quick funny jokes. So okay. I was about to say, you remember that good friend Dylan's cousin, his fiance is from Romania. Correct. Which they met online. Mm -hmm. So we were cracking hilarious jokes because one, she was at the show Mm -hmm. that we were at and they were, oh dude, she was saying funny shit like, so Dylan, will there be drugs at the show? (laughs) It's like, wait, hey Dylan, will there be drugs at the show? And I'm sure it was concerned and Dylan's like, yeah, I'm sure there is, but no one's going to offer you it unless you're trying to make friends. Lol. That's funny. Oh, and then like the first band, the, the like the the homie band Moose. Moose. She's like, that band was total garbage. They just all they did was just make noise. But she says she liked us. We it was like you guys had actual rhythm. I'm like, damn right, I got some rhythm. But no, the funniest when Dylan's just like she's saying oh, she always says Romanian McDonald's is real McDonald's. This American McDonald's is fake. What the fuck does that mean? I was like, I think you need to reverse that. Because, yeah, our McDonald's is shit, but this is the real McDonald's. Yeah. It's supposed to be Ray doggy Ray Kroc is from America. Yeah. He's from, like, the Midwest. Yeah. Starbucks here is fake Starbucks. Romania has real Starbucks. Starbucks was started by a white guy in Seattle. This is funny shit, bro. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Yeah, dude, just do your Transylvania accent. No. Romania has real McDonald's. U.S. has fake McDonald's. Romania has the real coffee beans. Yeah, that's the thing. It has real coffee beans. That's funny. Dude. Real Starbucks is fake. I would. It would have real been... McDonald's <laughs> is fake. <laughs> this is this is. You the... know what that reminds me. Of? That reminds me of that old that that reminds me of that old dad joke where it's like in Soviet Russia X X is you. That's what that reminds me of. It's just like it's Soviet Russia. You know, uh, freaking. Um, you know, fake McDonald's is you. For All right. Let me get the timestamp real quick and then we'll get into the main. All right, people, listeners, it's now time for the main event. Here we go. everybody. Uh, what did we watch this week? This one's a real th- this one's a real hood classic. Hood classic. It's a time capsule of its period. It's not a it's not a hood movie. It's, it's don't a let cl- that be false false, false advertising. It's a classic of our time. It's Vince Russo's favorite movie and mine. What? Not really. It's Ready to Rumble, starring David Arquette, some guy named Sean, and I forget who plays Jimmy Jimmy King. All right, so we open up with a movie. Yeah, of we shots op- of bloody men. Oh man, this is so we open up with shots and pictures of basically WCW guys, right? Just going ham and well, fighting like each him. other. It's, no, it's, well, you couldn't say WCW guys because there's also flyers of Bruno San Martino. Well, no, I'm getting that. There's like a bunch of posters for like old classic wrestling stuff, like like Bruno San Martino and Luthez and stuff. And then, um, so I didn't get the name of David Arquette's friend in the movie until the very end of the movie whose name is Sean. So this whole movie, I just kept calling them David and homie. So David's homie is talking to these three kids in front of this gas station. And he's talking oh, about Oh, well, how- you didn't get... Oh, here's the thing. I need to just do a quick thing with the opening thing. I don't know if you got this freaking quote, but literally we just hear 
pro wrestlers are universally recognized as the greatest athletes of all time. I was about to say that, yeah. Oh, then I apologize for interrupting you. You gotta, you, you gotta, you gotta let me get my flow going, dog. You know what? I'm just gonna let you go. <laughs> but yeah, no, he does say that. He says how, yeah, wrestlers are considered the best athletes ever, and they're amazing. And I'm thinking to myself, not in the 2000s, dog. But um, so, but he says none of them compared to a guy named Jimmy King. Uh, David is there um, with his homie. They're like I said, they're talking up some kids. Then some angry gas station attendant comes out and yells at everyone, and he says that. Wrestling is for our words and that they are all dumb as paint. He walks away. Really dumb paint. Like, wow, great insult. So then that scene was so not funny that I laughed, honestly. Then David Arquette's just chilling there and then his homie tries to get his attention. But then like Arquette's slurping his slushy and he lifts his head up. And they play that one stock sound effect of the guy going, and then there's this weird like green filter. It's all getting shot like a crappy MTV music video. Yeah, because like David Arquette goes into the liquor store. Yeah. He uh, goes in, like, as you said, the green ugly filter. And then he starts just cutting a random promo. Yeah. The guy's like, what do you want, you boob? And then David Arquette says, I forget what he says, but something like purple slushy. Something like that. He's making these weird ass faces. A little, like, That's might- a dollar seventy five. Goes into his pocket. Oh, I got a buck twenty five. Well, that ain't good enough, you little boob. And then all of a sudden, David Arquette just leans over, grabs him, pulls him over the counter, and the next thing I know, there's wrestling ropes erected because now the fucking convenience store has turned into a wrestling ring. And then. David Arquette just suplex this guy. And we just have a wrestling match in this liquor store. And you hear someone go, tag me, tag me, <laughs> tag me. Oh, damn it. And then all of a sudden, there's just macho man Randy Savage, but it's like big buff wife beater looking Randy Savage. Yeah, and he's with got the, like, with the glasses. I think, yeah, he's got Medeja in the background too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, yeah, you're going to get stomped by Randy Savage. Oh, yeah. And then he. Oh man, doing doing Macho Man destroys your throat, but it's so good. Oh yeah, oh yeah. But then he then he just punches David Arquette. But then Macho Man gets punched by a dude named Jimmy King, this Jimmy King guy. And then David puts his own head through glass just cause. And then him and Jimmy King. Beat the shit out of this gas station attendant and Macho Man Randy Savage, and then the Nitro Girls show up and then they dance, and I'm like, "What the hell's going on?" But well, it was all a, that was was just a silly scene. It was a dream sequence, you guys. It was a brain freeze dream sequence. Yeah, yeah. Which I didn't even know that could happen, man. I don't know. I'm not going around drinking slushies, bro. I'm not like I haven't 16. had a slushie since I was like eight, and honestly, I don't know why I ever drank them. They don't taste good. Oh, I think they're fun to drink. I never, I don't think they taste good. So then, uh, so then, yeah, so, so he wakes up from his dream and then he, uh, this should tell you everything you need to know about this movie. He gets up. Oh, no, no, no. What? You, you know, not the, just the silly sequence. <laughs> well, no. This, not this, the silly this, wrestling sequence of the liquor okay. store. Okay. This scene. No, no, okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This plus the wrestling scene should tell you everything you need to know about this movie because David Arquette gets up. He sticks his finger in his butt. And he 
walks up to the gas station guy. Well, his friend, as you just wrote down, his friend. Yeah. I have him as uh, James Conn's kid. Is that actually James Conn's kid? Yeah. No way? Yeah. Oh, shit. Did you know he's the only one in this movie that apparently, besides the wrestlers, who did all his own stunts? Huh. Interesting fact. Yeah. Apparently, uh, David Arquette's stunts were done by Gregory Helms. And I think all cool. of, and I think all Jimmy Keens were done by Canyon. I, I think I, I was I thought I remember like DDP <laughs> talking about Canyon and the Canyon Dark Side of the Ring. That's fun. Which we have reviewed. If you ever want to go back to earlier episodes of the yes, we Triple have. D radio I don't remember that, but yes, we did. Yes, because <laughs> it's not because it's a dark episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so he so he basically he does that. And he's like, hey man, my my slushy smells like ass. He's like, what? And so he has his butt smelling finger. On the lid, and he's basically scamming him for a free slush. Yeah, don't you smell? It smells like ass. The, the liquor store guy's like, huh? What? Oh god! Oh, oh god! Ah. That's aw- that's awful. It smells like your ass. Yeah. Well, hey, can I get another slush? Okay, yeah, sure, dude. What the fuck? Then for some reason, the fuzz rolls up, and David's homie gets ar- like aggressively patted down by this cop guy, who we find out is David Arquette's dad in this movie. Yep. And then like. His dad is, and then for some reason, for whatever reason, so he's got him in the car, he's driving them home, and then his dad's just, the gimmick throughout this movie is, uh, David Arquette's dad hates wrestling, thinks it's lame. And, and uh, he wants David Arquette to be a cop. Yeah, instead of a wrestler. Now, is it me, or did it, like, the costume design, like, reminisce of Scream? Because David Arquette's character was a cop in that movie. You know what? That actually looked just like the outfit he wore in the first one. Mm, I'm curious. Yo. Yo. Maybe Hollywood was just really lazy at the time, you know? <laughs> Fuck, really? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> I'd be shocked. <laughs> Hollywood lazy? No. Nah. You're pulling maybe, my leg. Maybe that's just what the costume maybe that's just what the 20 costume designers that that do all the the Hollywood movies were like, "Oh yeah, this is what sheriffs wear, you guys." So use it in all your movies. Yeah. Okay, so then and then um and specifically there's a part where David's dad for no reason is like wrestling's fake. And then David Arquette says, "Wrestling's not fake." Sounds like he's taking a shit through his dick. Fake. Oh, yeah, her. I just and know. then we get bone steel music. Yeah, you know that song. My own worst enemy by Lit. You know how I know that song? Rock band two boy. And yeah, it was It's no surprise to me. I am my own worst enemy. Cause every now and then, see, I could be in one of those bands. So, so yeah. Well, why don't you? I'm not pretty enough. I don't have enough hair to do. No, you could be fucking ugly and do that (laughs) music. Thanks. Bro, did you see the dudes at fucking whatever mulligan? No, you didn't show me a picture. Well, you could go look them up yourself. Okay. Dude, one dude had a straight up fucking center block dome. (laughs) The show was pretty square. I'm a good hater, ain't I? So David and his friend, um, yeah, the Lit song comes on because yeah, that song was by a band named Lit. They uh, they're 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 driving to work because these guys work. Uh, the story goes, I think David Arquette's homie in the movie, uh, his dad ran a septic tank company. Yeah, so forget James Con's kid runs a septic company because he inherited that from his dad, not James Con. Yeah, because I would like to think James Con 
Him getting his ankle smashed by freaking Kathy. <laughs> was it Kathy Bates? And then being, Kathy Bates, yeah. And then being like the main man in Las Vegas forever. You would think he would have a little bit more than a freaking port, a freaking like septic service. You know what? I'd like to hope so because James Con deserves better. Yeah, James Con rules. Yeah, he rules. Look so, at you. Rule. <clears throat> so this is funny to me. They're talking. You know, they're at the, they're at this fair and they're you know doing septic tank shit. They're stoked because they're on. They're going that night to see Monday Nitro for WCW, or as they kept calling it in this movie, the WCW, which is weird because I that doesn't sound right. Like it makes sense if you say like you know the WWF or the WWE, but it doesn't make whatever. But they're stoked because the one of the matches tonight is like. DDP versus Canyon. Yeah, versus Jimmy King. Jimmy King. And they're just like, man, I can't believe that's not on pay-per-view. Yeah, a title match, DDP versus Jimmy King. This is going to be the best shit ever. Yeah, man. They finish up cleaning the porta poopers and it's like, hey, I got to take a dump. And he's like, David, you better not pull a prank on me. And, nah. da- and David Arquette's a horrible friend in this movie. Yeah, because he just goes, no, nah. why would I do that? Come on. Why would I do that? Come on. You, you think I'd do better? No. He just basically friggin' James Conn's kid just starts taking a shit and then friggin' uh, Arquette then just hooks up the fucking pooper sucker and he's just basically <laughs> vacuuming him shut in the friggin' porta pooper. Now, which I'm like, you know what? That'd be kind of a hilarious prank, not gonna lie. I feel like that'd be pa- Do you think that'd be painful? I feel like it'd be a fucking trip feeling that fucking <laughs> your butthole being vacuumed on. Now, you're pretty good at butthole cleaning. I that sounds weird. But my <laughs> that sounds extremely <laughs> weird. Do you think that'd be an effect- better? Do you think that'd be an effective way to clean one's anus? I feel like it'd be just a more extreme version of like taking a shit on an airplane. <laughs> That's true. You know, when I was a kid, did I- you ever take a shit on the airplane? Yeah. And when I was a kid, I thought when I flushed it, it just dumped it out of the sky. I know that's not how it works now, but I thought when I flushed it. No, I'm low key trying to think. It's like, does it just dump out of the sky? No, they wouldn't do that. Nah, because then we was like, what happened? Yeah, you just like got random floaties just fucking hitting you in the dome. Oh, dude, shut up. I'm going to puke. So. Unless they just do that on like over the water. But nah, come on. So. Oh, dude, now I just want to take a shit on the airplane again. I just want to like hear that fucking gnarly fucking toilet flush. Yeah, that sounds like you can hear it throughout the entire goddamn airplane. Yeah, but nope. <laughs> no. So then, uh, understandably, Con Kid is pissed, so they wrestle for a bit. That's kind of fun. Yeah, they just like basically punch each other, and then like Con just ends up suplexing him in revenge. Yeah. So now they're getting fast food. Now this is setting up a not important plot point at all. David's homie, Con Kid. It's kind of like, you know, every 2000s plot point. Yeah, I know. Uh, Con Kid, the buff guy, has a crush on the hot blonde. But there's a, I guess, homie chick. And there's by the, homie chick, I mean a homie, brunette. Yeah, there's the homie quirky brunette girl. Yeah. That's like way cooler than the blonde that he has a crush on. Yeah, and oh, this scene's funny because this whole thing is like, hey, you know, he's like, blonde, hey, we should go out again, but she wants nothing to do with him. But the lady's cool because she likes wrestling. I was like, oh, hey, dude, you guys, I was like, yeah, you guys ready to see Jimmy King take on DDP tonight? Yeah, we got tickets to the show. Oh, wow, that's so cool. Yeah. And you also have David Arquette in the background. Oh, hey, James Conn kid really likes you. He wants to, like, smash your face with his face. And it's just, yeah. 
<laughs> and it's just funny because the pretty yeah, blonde. I try to like see if I could be as annoying as David Arquette. David Arquette got pretty annoying in this movie. Yeah. Like I like David Arquette a lot, but his character was. I'm, I'm kind of curious if he kind of just phoned in and just like fuck this role. I'm well, according be- to him, uh, he liked being able to talk to the wrestlers, but he, he's full on just like nah, dude. This was a crappy movie. <laughs> but other than that, you know. But yeah, no, it's just funny because it's just funny to me because. The hot blonde, much like real life, this hot blonde girl thing doesn't want anything to do with these guys because she thinks they're losers because they like wrestling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, pretty realistic movie so far. Um, then, well, so yeah, either way, they grab then, yeah, the brunette, the brunettes, and this was funny because David asks, "Hey man, you know why don't you like Wendy? She's like way cooler." And he's like, "Wendy's too much like one of the guys." And David Arquette's like, "That's bad." And then his friend goes, "That's gay." Early 2000s, everybody. For real. All right, time. now they're munching burgers at the back of a leaky freaking septic truck. Yeah. Then they go to this old lady's house. Which I'm like, how's that not getting on the burger? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Didn't the... Um, well, see, all the, if you're like, all the scene was is basically you just see like James Conn's kid just go, I made a bracelet. And it says WWKD. And David says, what's that? And he's like, what would King do? I think they learned. <laughs> I think they learned what King does. Oh, they later. did. Oh, so they yeah, learned. now they're like basically wrapped. They're at the last job of the day, which is this old lady's house. Is this the old lady that's in all those Adam Sandler movies, like Wedding Singer? Because this looked just like her. Maybe. Well, there's this old lady's does house. She just say crude and perverted things. Yes. Because if it's that lady, it might be that lady. Because she says, uh, she says, "Are you excited for the show tonight?" And then he's like, "Yeah, we can't oh, wait." Yeah. And then she's like, "I can't wait to see K." You bitch slap DDP. Are you just gonna call him Canyon the whole this whole review? I mean, for some reason, I thought it. I thought they said Canyon. It's Jimmy King. I meant to say King, but yeah, that was like yeah, it's Canyon as the stunt double. You know, when this movie came out, was DDP even still heel in WCW? He was never heel. No, he wasn't heel. Wait, oh, you know, you're right. I don't think it was ever heel. That's Maybe right. For it was a second. It was. I think it was just in WWF, right? I th- no, I thought he was a heel in WCW for a while, like, but he got so over. But not, awesome. but not in the, not during this movie. Not during this movie. No, no. When yeah, the during yeah. this movie, he had to be a face. Yeah, that's what I thought. Now he might have been feuding with his fucking wife, Kimberly, <laughs> as she is supposedly getting bo- dicked down by Eric Bischoff. So we that's the story, bro. <laughs> that's a, that was the plot. There was a plot in 2000 where that's going on. Yeah, I, I, I remember. But it's funny because I'm hearing you talk about wrestling. I wrote here, yo, is this Brian Alvarez's granny? But yeah, so David goes home and gets held up by his dad and his friends or something. No, it's his family. Family. I that's mean, his family. wife and his sister. Yeah. They're all cops. Which is, <laughs> which is funny because it's like... I don't know. There's just something funny about them all holding him up and like, you know, because he's from this whole family of cops or whatever. Nothing really happens for a while. And then randomly, we're just at WCW. Uh, yeah. There's some hype cruiserweight. Well, are we action. supposed to watch who goes through the whole process of entering arena? Well, no. it's not that exciting. That's why I didn't want to do two days of WrestleMania. <laughs> I didn't want to do that process like two times over. You know, WrestleMania. Sometimes a, those lines take a minute. You know, WrestleMania is a lot like Disneyland. There's a lot of standing around and wishing you were doing something else. You're not wrong. Okay, so yeah, WCW, there's some hype cruiserweight action. The Nitro Girls come out. Oh, and they, you didn't see? It's the filthy animals. They were wrestling. I didn't know how much you would care for notes on like 
certain well you don't have to say the moose but you can say who was there well okay yes it was the filthy animals which was uh ray mysterio jr and hoover too i think it was ray versus hoovy and you have billy oh, kim in there that's right yes yeah, so you have an uh, unmasked ray no it's not ray it's oscar guterres there <sighs> shut up not you wcw yeah i'm <laughs> trying to unmask ray mysterio. why does ray mysterio have to get unmasked bad you're booking, not supposed bro. to unmask a luchador well, you're supposed to, but when it be asked to make it matter. Or when they're retiring. Blue Demon didn't take off his mask until like a week before he died. No, no sorry, not Blue Demon. El Santo. Well, El Santo has a different story. <laughs> now, obviously, Ray still does what I have a feeling Ray is doing okay. You mean, is he living comfortably? Yes, he is. Yes. He's earned it, son of a bitch. So, Oscar Gutierrez here. <laughs> Don't call him by his real name. Hey, that one was fucking baller tickets to fucking in that one NXT War Games uh, show. Yeah, I know. We I owe know. that name. That's true. That name we <laughs> owe with our fucking respect. That's true. That is true. Okay, like, so. I was like, dude, might as well just been stumped. I didn't even know. I was like, when that person asked who's Oscar Gutierrez, I was like, I don't even know. I think we're done. Yeah. We're, uh, well, we're going to New on. We're just going to continue on to our nosebleed seats. And you're like, is it Rey Mysterio? You are correct. Holy God, we're still in this. What the fuck? Holy shit. The NXT show is so cool. Not just because we want free upgraded seats, but that that helped. Oh, that helped a lot. Okay, so yeah, the Nitro Girls come out and they dance to Motley Crue's Girls, 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 because I guess this movie was feeling extra not creative. Uh, yeah, come on. Then we see some sleazy manager goober who I point. I figured this uh, out later. Him, what do you have him named as? Okay, I I, I just I, I've kept forgetting his name, so I just kept calling him sleazy manager. But fun fact, I think this is the police chief from those bad boy movies. Oh my that's god, that's that actor. I, I can hear the voice. Yeah, 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 yeah. Holy shit, I can hear it. You know, what I called him huh. backstage. We meet not Bischoff. He was totally not Eric Bischoff. Apparently, Bischoff really was actually going to play this role, but he got let go at this point during filming, I guess. So basically not Not Bischoff. Bischoff. Which is basically, it's Eric Bischoff, but it's it's not Bischoff, and we have DDP. Everything he said, I could totally picture in my head Eric Bischoff saying. And it's really funny. But yeah, so... He's there. He walks past Booker T and he's talking to Bill fucking Goldberg about how he's pissed that this Jimmy King guy is late again. And then he talks to DDP and yeah, they're going to screw. Uh, they're going to screw Billy King. He's like says the plan in front of Goldberg. Hey, here's the plan. You're going to do this. You're going to take a pile driver. One, two, three. Okay. And they pull off the side. Hey, change the plans. Fuck this Jimmy King guy. He's pissing me off. You're going to take the title tonight. Just fucking shoot, brother. You know what's funny? This scene was uh, apparently the storyline between like, you know, uh, b- between DDP and the manager and Jimmy King. It was supposed to be reminiscent, I think, of like, you know, Eric Bischoff and like Ric Flair or something. But, oh, really? But what's funny is, especially when they get into some of the later dialogue, like with what, like with stuff Jimmy King says to him, the shit feels like weirdly, like almost word for word, the dialogue that Vince and Hulk Hogan said to each other in 2002 during their weird ass feud. Remember that? 
I don't know much of the Vince McMahon Hulk Hogan feud of 2002. Oh. I do apologize. There's a famous like botch where Hulk Hogan is trying to like cut a promo on McMahon, but he keeps messing up his lines. And then it's for a SmackDown, so there's so I think this is when they started taping, and Vince is trying to like guide him along, and Vince is Vince. Vince Hogan I remember just hearing about this botch. Yeah, yeah. Where he's like, if you think I was the right place. Oh, with the one. right time, McMahon. Yeah, that. With the right dude <laughs> doing the right thing. And then Vince is like, why don't you say that again? <laughs> when Vince McMahon has to coach you through a promo, it might be time to take a vacation. Or that's just fucking gold. It's but, okay. Everyone has their off day. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. But yeah, th- this whole thing just reminded me a lot of that. And um, so then, so the mean Gene Okerlund comes out and introduces DDP. Jimmy King is introduced and comes out. I have no idea why they're using a fake, a, an actor playing a wrestler instead of just using a real wrestler, but whatever. Oh, and he cuts a promo. I, I wrote down this promo. Oh my fucking God, you did. Hello, Charlotte, Wyoming. I think that's what he said. <laughs> okay. We're going to rule some ass tonight. I want to welcome you to the royal ass kicking of Diamond Dallas Page. You want to see me make Diamond Dallas Page one of my ladies in waiting tonight? Want to see me take Diamond Dallas Page down into my dungeon and make him my medieval puppy dog bitch tonight? Okay, that's a good line. And then he sings, uh, and he says, why? Because I'm the king of rock. And then, yeah, he sings... This fat white Southern man is singing Run DMC's King of Rock in validation of himself. Oh, yeah, and also in the ring, we have Conan, Perry Saturn, and Kurt Henning, i.e. Mr. Perfect, in the ring with him. Yes. I guess that's his quote-unquote crew. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, for talking quality of wrestlers, that's not a half-bad posse. So, yeah, we have not Bischoff coming into the ring. Yeah. And then... um. Oh, wait, hold on. I'm trying to find my notes because I wrote... This is the part where I wrote... Oh, are now you're me. <laughs> well, no, no, because I wrote here. I'm like, are these supposed to be Vince and Hogan standards? But I'm like... But I wrote here. I'm like, wait a minute. That feud didn't fucking happen yet. Um, the match starts. They wrestle. It's cool to see Tony Schiavone. And who was that with him? Dabisco? No, it's Mike Tanay. Mike Tanay. I forgot what Mike to Tanay looks like. <laughs> to the back! I forgot what Tanay looks like. <laughs> it's been a while. So, the, yeah, match starts. Oh, my D- God, there's something in the ring. But wait, we got to go to the back! And it's funny because DDP, like, I know the manager is, like, the main, is obviously the bad guy, right? Yeah. But DDP, for all intents and purposes, is, like, the bad guy in this movie. And two things. I was going to say one of them later, but I'll just say it now. Two things. One, not going to lie, because he's kind of tall and he's pretty in shape. DDP in this movie makes a not half bad, intimidating bad guy. And second, he must have been the best guy to work with because DDP's like a good person. So when he's having this match with this Billy King guy, this actor. Yeah, this Jimmy. Well, or this Jimmy Chris, King or Chris Canyon. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. The guy that was doing his fucking uh, stunt doubles. Uh, either way, I'm just like, man, he must have been the easiest one to work with just because, you know cool guy so the, the match is going and then ddp gets the signal yeah from not bischoff from not bischoff and then he shoots bro yeah and they just start having a fucking fight and then you have like tony shivani and like mike today wow we're getting a very vicious side from ddp this evening yeah and then 
it's still, you know, they're going, they're, it's back and forth. I wrote here, it's a shoot fight, bro. And then DDP launches King out of the ring onto a table. And I thought to the myself, launches, he does the slingshot. The slingshot. I couldn't remember the name of that move. So yeah, Dora, I'm here. I'm here to help. He slingshots him over the rope. And I wrote to myself, Through a table. I'm like, well, that's an elaborate spot. And I wrote here, oh my God. Okada and Omega ripped this off, this scene off for their first match. Remember from their first fight when I think it's Omega gets sent over the top to no. the table? Was that their second match? I don't remember any of their Okada matches. Omega? I don't remember any of them like getting launched over and then through a table. I swear that was in one of their matches. Maybe someone tried to do like a like friggin' like might have done a spot dive and then landed crashing through a table. You know what? Pause the match. We're gonna watch or the pause the podcast. We're gonna watch that match right now. I'm just kidding. No, it is a good match. I do want to go home. I do want to like go home and put this up this evening. Okay. So yeah, it's going in right, and DDP wants to hit the diamond cutter, but he gets hit in the nuts. But then Sim Sid Vicious, and this one's for you, Vinny. Bam Bam Bigelow, and then like eight other guys come out, and yeah, now they're all just beating the shit out of Jimmy King. I wrote here, it's a heel turn. Well, here's the thing: you also have his crew of Conan, Perry Saturn. And Kurt Henning, seriously, this is the most random fucking people. And he's like, oh my God, they're here to help him. And oh no, they're start joining in on the beating. Yeah. It is a, it's a freaking massacre. I wrote here, David Arquette is yelling so much. He looks like he's going to pop up. He's going to pop a blood belt. It's like, King, King. And I wrote here, Tony Schiavone looks like he doesn't give a single shit. Like he's able to put effort into his voice. But if you watch him, he's just sitting there like this. Oh my God! It's he's it's a hit. Oh my God! It's Sid Vicious and, just and like, Bam Bam Bigelow. And it's just like he doesn't look like he cares at all. <laughs> I wouldn't say the two thousands was the best time and it wasn't the best time in his also, life. Also, was that referee Charles Robinson? Yes. Okay, because I wrote here Charles Robinson. I think gets punched in the face. Yes. <laughs> and now DDP is the WCW champion, yep. guys. They they do the screw pin, and then yeah, he's the WCW champion. And then you have not Bischoff basically telling him, All right, this Jimmy King, he will never ever wrestle in WCW again. And then you have our main characters just freaking crying, like, no. Ah! And I wrote here, I know he's not now, but in my notes I wrote here, is Jimmy fucking dead? Cause they leave him bloodied. And barely moving, and they're playing it like they killed him. <laughs> so I thought, I thought to myself, is this Rocky Three? <laughs> they just killed a man in the ring. That's Rocky Four. That is Rocky Four. Where Apollo, Apollo died. Yeah, yeah, that's right. They did set up those Creed sequels, though. Okay, so they play it off like they killed him, pretty much. And David and Homie are crying on the way home. And I wrote here, I hate saying this. But their reaction right now to crying over wrestling, that was me as a kid. I remember being a very pissed off little boy when Edge cashed in money in the bank on John Cena <laughs> at, uh, what was it? Uh, at New, at New, yeah, New Year's Resolution, yeah. like 2007 or something. 2006. Six, yeah. That's right, because 2007 was when uh, Vince McMahon thought it would be a good idea to have John Cena fight Kevin fucking Federline. <laughs> Fuck. John Cena... Has put in the work for that company. Yeah. When you cried and then the next evening you have Edge going, I'm going to do a live sex celebration. That's right. That was like the same month. I forgot, dude. A lot. They got to do it like he did. A live sex celebration. That's where I learned how to say the word sex. From Edge. 
Sex. Dude, the best part of that segment, though, <laughs> not the fucking Lita boob slip. You can say that yeah, one's in there too. Right. The best part, it's like you don't remember, but fucking Ric Flair comes out. I, I forget about that until every time I watch that clip, they're getting it on, and then all of a sudden, out comes woo. woo. No, that's the same one. Woo. That's Ric Flair. That's hilarious. Speaking oh, of Ric Flair, it's the funniest <clears throat> shit when when he comes out and then you just have Edge just beat his ass in his boxers. I'm like, see, that's entertaining. Oh, dude, Flair's the greatest. It's funny you mention that. I keep getting recommended this video. I keep meaning to watch. It's like 20 minutes of people shooting on Ric Flair and about how, hey, yeah, guys, Ric Flair always kind of was a douchebag to us. It's just that you know people love him, so it, that's kind of interesting. Anyway, so... So, yeah, we got our main characters crying that Edge just cashed in the money in the bank on John Cena. Basically just falling out. No, you guys, my parents, I was upset. Do we need to call call Deanne right now? No, because my battery's really low. So, dad and... uh, Not dad. David and homie, um, at some point, they... Was your dad crying, too? Cena got cashed in on the money in the bank? No, I know he likes John Cena. Every time I see him talking about John Cena, he'll sing his jingle. John Cena rules. James John loves John Cena. Cena. Well, yeah, because John Cena is awesome. Well, to be fair, you know, you 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 were you did kind of go with that. You know, you you did really jump on that whole uh, John Cena, Cena sucks thing. And I'll be honest, because John Cena sucks. And I remember when we were in high school, I went through the phase two where I pretended that I didn't like John Cena because it was the marquee thing to do. I let you and our and good friend Jay Frost. Uh, and Frankie convinced me, dude, John Cena sucks. But then around the time I turned like 17, 18 or something, I was just like, you know what? I like John Cena. I'm not going to deny it. I'm going to be true to my heart. So anyway, they crash their truck, you guys. Yeah, they flip over the poop truck. Because they're crying about John Cena. I'm sorry. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> No, I don't know what I'm laughing more at. The crying over John Cena or the fact that you said poop truck. Because that's what it is. I think you're cry- I think you're laughing more at John Cena. <laughs> Him getting cashed in by Edge and then the next well, evening. Well, because I imagine Arquette screaming, oh, Cena! Cena! Why? Damn it, Edge! <laughs> next evening, we're going to have a live sex celebration. Fuck, dude. That's a good. That's a good thing. Dude, I almost want to just pause and just go watch that. <laughs> anyway, so um, so cops show up to the wreckage, but then okay, this was, scene was actually stupid. This semi truck who is coming down the road, he has plenty. There's nothing in front of him. It's whoa, not whoa. rainy. It's not windy. Oh, well, here's the thing. They flip the poop truck. Yeah. It's a big mess. Yeah. Where obviously, you know, big truck flips over. They got to get the firemen. Cops are there. Mm-hmm. Make sure they manage traffic. You have James Conn's kid being sad because this was his business. Yeah. His dad gifted his truck. Now this truck is totaled. And yeah, while they're like fucking you watch firemen cleaning up like the fucking like raw sewage, a semi truck rolls up, starts skidding on the fucking poop. And then that causes a bigger accident, thus spilling more poop all over. And we had poop on the cops and our main characters. And that truck was also carrying a big uh, supply of toilet paper. And the toilet uh, paper ha, ha. goes ironic in everybody. Yeah. Super funny, you guys. <laughs> Super funny, guys. Okay, so now they're hitchhiking. Oh, my God. They, they just like they tipped over the poop truck in it. Oh, my God. Look at that. So my truck full of toilet your, paper. David, seems to, David Arquette seems to care more about his favorite wrestler losing than the fact that his friend lost, apparently, the truck to his business of his 
deceased, I guess, father. And then David yeah, basically come on, because wrestling matters way more than fucking life. So David, so David cuts a promo on him, telling, "Hey, man, everything happens for a reason. We got to go find Jimmy King. He needs us. We got to help him." So they keep hitchhiking, and then at one point they get picked up by a bunch of nuns. And yeah, they're driving down. They sing a couple songs. They like, sing a couple songs. Kumbaya. And then David Arquette teaches them how to. He's like, a, "Hey you guys, guys, you guys know any Van Halen?" No. Running with the devil. And then we actually hear licensed music from Van Halen. I'm like, well, there goes the budget for the movie. <laughs> do you want? Do you know how much this movie costs to make? How much? $24 million. And I have a feeling $4 million of that was the fucking licensing of that Van Halen song. Do you know how much the movie made back? Uh, six. Twelve. Better than you thought, but still bad. I was half off. <laughs> yeah, you thought that movie made no money. Okay, so now well, that- you, does this movie look like it made money? Did you know they wanted to make a sequel? But it made so little money they were just like, no. Yeah, I don't think this movie works. I don't think this movie works. So now they're at a gas station and they have a random conversation at first because like, hey man, did you fart in there? And they're like, no, dude, I swear to God. You swear to God? No, I swear to God. And then David Arquette looks like, oh, it was the farting nuns. Ha ha, lol. I'm not going to lie. That wasn't funny when I watched it. But saying farting nuns out loud for some reason is a little funny. So now they're in the gas station and they meet this nerd boy playing a Jimmy King arcade cabinet. They have and they get to talking. They bond a bit with the fact, hey, man, you like wrestling? He's like, yeah, dude. And then uh, they have him look up like look up Jimmy King. Yeah, he's like, yeah, dude, we I could look him up on the interweb. What's the interweb? So they go to his pad, they go online, and they're looking up like Jimmy King. But then also we have James Con trying like James Con James Con's kid doing a gag where he has this freaking Walkman on, sing, like listening to some Britney Spears, and you're just like, baby, hit me. There's another funny gag where there's another funny gag where David is there going, ha ha ha. Oh, that was me with this joke where they where David Arquette took a Jimmy King action figure and uh, made it to butt fuck a DDP one. I was like, oh, wow, that's so funny, you guys. I think that, yeah, this whole scene was just like, oh, that's funny, you guys. But they find oh, that's funny, you guys. They find out DDP has a DDP. They find that Jimmy, Jimmy King, King, Jimmy King has a wife that he hasn't seen in like two years or something. No, 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 no. Well, they don't find out about that, but they found out about of his wife and an address. So they go to visit Jimmy King's wife. Yes. And then she opens the door. I put in quotation marks, wife. Yeah. Because then she opens the door and then they ask. Because they're like, oh my God, we're going to go to the King's castle. They go to a trailer park. Yes. And they're like, "Uh, is Mr. King here? She's like, he hasn't been home in two years. All he left me was an itchy crotch. You ever see crabs up close? Uh, no, man. Uh, no, right thank here, you, man. Yo, did you notice David Arquette was down, though? His character? He was like, yo, but then a con kid stopped him. I was like, I don't know if you want to do that. But then they see Jimmy King's kid, and they talk to him, and he said, I haven't seen him in six months. He's like, hey, I'll help you find him if you let me, if he's like, uh, he's like, uh, he, he basically asked him, are you trying to, are you out to, are you out to kill him? Are you guys bounty hunters? I'll help, yeah, I'll help you find him if you split the reward. It's like, no, 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 we're just fans. We want to see the king. 
And then so they call Nerd Boy again. Oh, yeah. Also, the joke with uh, with King's kid is that he's got really fucked up teeth because he didn't get him good because he didn't get him good dental. He didn't get good dental, and he's got crazy braces hardware in his teeth. Now the internet homie. Yeah, and he says but, and he's like, hey guys, so King has like, like three kids, two illegitimate. Two wives. And has filed for bankruptcy three times. I'm like, who's this, Donald Trump? And I was like, I wonder who this is portraying. <sighs> yeah, that... Wait, who was that portraying? Are you, are you, are you saying that that was... Uh, I wonder who Jimmy King's character is portraying. Is it supposed to be Hogan? No. No, is it supposed to be Flair? Yes. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Oh, yeah, it does make sense. Ha! I'm smart. So, they're like, hey, so what about his parents? And there's like, okay, so he helps him find his parents. And I wrote here, David Arquette is in disbelief that the professional wrestler he has seen uh, isn't who he presented himself on TV. Yeah, it's like, he's just some trailer park dirtbag? I thought he's the king with the royal palace and shit. Now we meet Jimmy King's parents. Yeah, oh my god. So his father opens up by saying he wasted his life. He should have become a doctor. And homie says, this scene was pretty funny. Well, it's like, he should become a doctor. And then in the wife slaps, like, okay, at least... The ER driver. Yeah. And the ambulance driver. And dude, this scene was actually pretty funny. So, uh, Con Kid mentions how, oh, now hold on a minute. In his authorized biography, he said that, uh, he is that he worked hard in high school. And after you, he points to, uh, Jimmy King's mom, died in a plane crash. He helped you, points to his dad, by working two jobs. There's a pause. And then the dad says, I ought to kick your ass. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty good. Uh, and then, oh, and then I guess he, uh, Jimmy King stole their motor home. Yeah. So now. What's the internet lad back again, basically being the fucking hive mind. Yeah. He just tells them, all right, so I found out that like on that motor home, there was a speeding ticket and he put on an address of a trailer park that he might be going to. So they go to that trailer park. All right, and so, so they find the they, they yes. find the motorhome, and they peep in through the motorhome to see Jimmy King in a dress and wig. Yeah, and it's like that's not Jimmy King, that's a lady. So they not like they like knock on the window to get his attention. Jimmy King, Jimmy King, and he's like, basically, Jimmy King. Yeah, and then he, you know, Jimmy King puts on like a Jimmy King. Jim, uh, Jimmy King puts on like, like a, what? Uh, Who's uh, there? There's no Jimmy King. And he like he, he's wearing a wig too, like I said. So he's using the hair to cover up his beard, and um and so he wants nothing to do with these two. And I'm gonna be honest, because they're able to convince him to come in by paying him, right? But even before that, and while they're in there, they're like, you know, they're geeking out. They're like, oh man, say your catchphrase and do this, do that. I wrote down here, I said, uh, first he's like, what do you guys want? Are you guys here to come after me? It's like, no, no, no. King, we're your biggest fans. Huh? What? What? How much money you got? Uh, we got $30. Okay, $30 by five minutes. And I wrote here, I said, you know, I've seen it. This is pretty. This is decently accurate. How what it's like dealing with uh, cringy wrestling fans, in some ways. So they try to motivate him, right? Yeah, and they're talking to him. He's like doing the shtick. King's like, the five I made that league. I put the butts in the damn seats, and I said, "Oh wow, that's meta." So Jimmy is seemingly wrecked by you know uh, his his hard life now, right? Since he got fired, and he tries to give him the sob story about how my wife left me. My kids are in a wheelchair. Both my parents are dead. 
And then David and his homie are like, uh, no, we met your parents. They're alive. We met your son. He's not in a wheelchair. He's like, oh, praise the Lord. Oh, praise the Lord. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, so they basically call him on his bullshit, but you see, our heroes are idiots, you guys. So they're no, just they're like, fucking marks. <laughs> That's what they are. They go on, they go on a beer run for him because it's like, King, what can we do to like continue a conversation? Can you guys go for a beer run for me? Yeah, we could do that. And then outside, freaking James Collins kid realizes, dude, King, he's not what he's crack up to be. Yeah, he wants to bail. I was like, dude, let's just bail. This is dumb. But Dave's like, no, man. He needs our help. He needs us right now. And then so they get his beer, and I guess King is, like, more awake now. So he basically tells them, he's like, look, guys, I'm not the guy you thought I was. Like, you're aware this is all scripted, right? It's you like a wrestling. dance. Yeah, like a dance. Wrestling's fake. What are you talking about? Wrestling's not fake. He's, he's literally telling me he's basically trying to tell them I'm just a guy that got fired from my job. So, but then they start like messing with him and then he whips their ass. Yeah. Yeah. There's some, there's some funny lines where he's like, you need to rise above this. Remember when Canyon Canyon put you in a wheelchair or when Sting broke six bones in your neck with a bat? I'm like, God damn, <laughs> this dude's a real John Cena. And then you're back two weeks later. <laughs> Guys, it's a dance. It's not real. So our cat tries to like. Then Arquette tries to, like, motivate him by, like, putting him in what looks like a figure four. Yeah, but then he just gets up, whips their ass, and they're both knocked out. And then in the next morning, we see Jimmy King. He's like, you know, hey, hey, boys, wake up. You know what? I'm feeling motivated. Let's go on an adventure so I could go meet, go see Mr. Not Bischoff and punch him in the face. And I wrote here, huh, Billy King kind of looks like our friend Dylan. Yeah, and then more friggin' was were these the only two songs they could buy? No, wait, because they did have a Kid Rock song later. Did they? Yeah, they did. Well, actually. obviously, I'm sure the budget for that Van Halen song might have ate their fucking wallet. <sighs> so the plan is they roll King into the venue while he's inside a porter potty, and well, shit, we're there. Yeah, well, no, yeah, we're at the hilarious joke that they're in New York, and yeah. I'm like, WCW never went to New York. No, they didn't. Because why? New York was, uh, well, they never WWF went to New York anyway, territory. but yeah, it was still WWF territory at that point. Yeah, we just see, yeah, they arrive in New York. We have Mean Gene running down the card this evening. We have a hardcore match with Sting and Sid Vicious. That sounds like the most unsafe match in the universe. That sounds like the funnest match in the universe. It sounds like both. That sounds like the funnest six-minute match (laughs) in the universe. Six minutes. Uh, Yeah, but... And then DDP will be defending his title against the Disco Inferno. Can you imagine? Can you imagine being told that and then being excited I don't know. The Sting and Sid Vicious hardcore match definitely. No, though, that match would be fine. But DDP and a Disco Inferno in a world heavyweight title match? Yeah. I don't know. So, yeah, now the main characters have snuck in on, through a porta potty. Yes. Which, hey, pretty good cover. No, it's smart. They're rolling him in, and then um, they pass by the nitro oh, girl, the nitro, yes. the nitro girls' dressing room, and they're just the horniest dudes because they've never seen midriff like, before. Oh my god, naked women! Oh my god, women in their underwear! What the hell? Oh my god, singing women! And then like freaking David Arquette's favorite, and like nitro girl comes up, Sasha, and he's like, Oh my god, 
Did you know that's Rose McGowan? I didn't know her name. I know she was oh. an actual actor and not a Nitro girl. Yeah. Yeah, she's from... Um, she was in Scream, actually, the first one. Hello. <laughs> oh, <laughs> was she like... With David da- Arquette. Was she David Arquette's love interest? No, that's Courtney Cox, I think, right? Maybe. Yeah. I thought... I need I need to remember who the fuck was in Scream. <laughs> oh, uh, Shaggy's voice actor. So yeah, now we see Not Bischoff and DDP. The Not Bischoff guy goes on this funny rant about how wrestling fans are stupid and they love who he tells them to. So yeah, they could like their Jimmy King and all this stuff, but they'll get over it. Yeah. They're fucking dumb. They'll <laughs> like what I tell them to like. I'm like, are you sure this isn't Vince McMahon? <laughs> so literally, they're about to cut a backstage promo. And then we see Jimmy King ambush them. Yeah, he beats the shit out of DDP. Which I'm like, in reality, I'm like, though, like last week you gave King a near death beatdown, and they're all everyone's believe he's never coming back. Then in the back, they're about to cut a promo talking about Jimmy King, and he just pops out of the toilet and just whips ass. To be fair, wouldn't this, that be just a great angle? This, yeah, come on, that's kind of a good angle right there. No, it is. This, this actually felt like genuine WCW booking. Yeah. So yeah, he beats him up, and then um, Jimmy and then King he pins him. Yeah, but then you have Bischoff like this. That wasn't an unsanctioned match. No, you're not getting the title. You just came yeah. out of nowhere and ambushed him. And David and Homie are like, "Hey, King will fight him anytime, anywhere." Oh yeah, okay, fine then. And he's like, "No." He is done with WCW. No, you're just being a chicken. And then I'm sure you got the crowd going because obviously King's a popular character. Yeah. And he's like, okay, fine. If you're going to pressure me, well, I'll have King, like, I'll have King actually face DDP in a sanctioned match, but not any match, a cage match. And this isn't your regular cage. This is a WCW cage, the triple, the triple well, decker. At, well, they say it's a cage match, but they, then they reveal it's the triple decker later. Yes. So then David Arquette goes to hit on a Nitro girl. Yeah, no, because outside we have the King's tailgate party. Mm-hmm. We have Jimmy Gaines' tailgate party, and he's just sitting there, and I guess he talks to, yeah, because Sasha rolls up and says what's up to him, and then they talk and they bond a little bit, and then we see Nitro girls dance, and then Mean Gene asks Jimmy King if he is sexy. And then we see Jimmy King make a wild concoction and then runs off and falls into the sewer. What's up with the next day? See, he doesn't want to fight DDP, you guys. And David, because he thinks, uh, what's his name, uh, not Bischoff, is going to have him killed. And David and homie want him to man up. But uh, like I said, he, you know, the manager wants, he wants him to dead, run so away. Feared. Because yeah. seriously, Jimmy King realizes this is a massacre. <laughs> You're just basically setting up to a massacre, but now they go to a gym. Yes, they we go hear to the screams gym. of pain. I wrote, I, th- I wrote here, and I'm like, is this the dungeon? Because this feels like Stu Hart. And well, we meet Sal Baldini. Sal Baldini. Sal Baldini. So yeah, it's like yeah, Sal Baldini, which is basically Stu Hart. Yeah, and we see he was torturing the local high school like wrestling team. No, he was training them. So yeah, basically, this is gonna be his trainer. Um, Jimmy gets his ass whooped by this guy for a little bit, but then he kicks him in the face so hard. The guy looks like he's just dead. And Dave was like, dude, you killed the guy. Oh my God. You killed Sal Baldini. And he wakes up and is like, nah, you didn't kill me. He kicks King straight in the dick. You should have kept on beating me. There's a cute quote here. He said, a possum ain't dead till it's scraped off the road. Like, damn, that's actually kind of clever. 
Well, then next we see David have a dinner date with his favorite Nitro girl, Sasha. He says, Buenos Nachos, Senorita. That Buenos Nachos, Senorita. That hurt. Did you just oh, and then she says, wow, I didn't know you speak Spanish. Yeah, I know a little bit. So he brings her bananas because the flower shop was closed. You know what? That's not that's practice. That's not bad. If it's if, if, if I was going out with a girl and she brought me like just randomly brought me some bananas. I'm like, dude, that's fucking delicious. I'll eat one of those bananas right now. Are you kidding me? So they made so she made them dinner with candles because she totally wants to bone David Arquette. You guys. And. Oh, and he's. <laughs> That was great. <laughs> so he's telling her about the cool training that King's going through with Sal Baldini and how he's learning some cool moves. So she says, I want to see some of your cool moves. And he does a snapmare on her. And and then and then she's like, oh, take me to the bedroom. And they growl at each other like Brett Michaels. And. She says, let me show you my secret weapons. Then she whips out her breasts. And then he looks at them. His eyes go wide. And he yells, for an object. And he punches her in the face. And and then they totally bone you guys. That's all I was building up to. <laughs> That's all I was doing. <laughs> I was like, and. I figured it out by the fifth and. <laughs> I thought you were trying to encourage me along. But yes, no. But no, I, all I did was building up so you could say. <laughs> They totally had sex, you guys. They totally boned, you guys. Oh, yeah, they totally had bo- they Which, totally if you guys care, guys. my catchphrase here originated from the Brett Michaels days. Very dark days. I don't <laughs> like to talk about it. Because I let you convince me that watching Brett Michaels for a total of, what would that be? Like 45 episodes-ish was a good idea. So, yeah. Now, I'm not saying it wasn't a good idea. All right. So, the next, we see a quick scene where David Arquette sent a postcard to his cop dad telling him about his adventure with Jimmy King. And then we see cop dad be frustrated as he tries to shoot up the postcard that's on the refrigerator and instead just shoots up the refrigerator. Yes. And various drinks are being like spewed out of it. So, now they go to a gym where I didn't see him because I forgot to look for him. But apparently, John Cena is in this gym. Oh, scene. you don't know where the John Cena Easter egg is? Isn't he right behind Goldberg? Yeah. Okay. I, I can pull I, it up for you. Okay. I forgot to look. But yeah. But yeah. So oh, you just didn't know. <laughs> no, I knew he was there. I just forgot to look. So um, so he sees. Uh, so they go to this gym and Jimmy King sees Goldberg. He goes up to him and he's talking to him. He's like, hey, Big Bill. Which I, I think that's a really funny name for Goldberg. It's like, how you doing? You looking good, oh, baby. He's got a big brick shit house. And Goldberg's like, what are you doing, King? Preparing for your execution? <laughs> Is that your Goldberg impression? Well, well, you know Goldberg. He, he's like, uh, well, I thought he would be more snarly, but you okay, just okay, made, okay, like, okay, let me try, let me try. No, you were just like, <laughs> you were just like, oh, King. You here to prepare for your execution? No, I didn't make him sound. Okay, let me try again. Let me try again. Are you sure? What are you doing, King? Preparing for your execution? Yeah, that's more like it. Okay, he says, he says, and I quote, face it, you're a second-rate wrestler and a third-rate man. Okay, look, James. I know I'm going to sound like the smarkiest marky douche, but hearing Bill Goldberg call anyone a second-rate wrestler is hilarious to me. 
Here's the thing about Goldberg. He's amazing at what he does, but I, I don't think that makes him a good wrestler. No, he's not a good wrestler, but him killing people will never get bo- never get bo- tiring. Oh, dude, totally. It's great. Okay, so um, let me see. So and I wrote here because 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 then David and Homie are trying to talk to him. He's like, "Hey, man, you know, uh, pay, uh, Jimmy King needs your help." He says, "He's but he says I believed in him once, just like you." But he let me down. I'm like, is Bill Goldberg acting right now? Is he taking this movie seriously? And he says, sorry, guys. Fact is, I work alone. Yeah, because Goldberg was a badass. <laughs> so we cut to the trainer dude, and we see someone break into his house. Yeah, it's Sid Vicious and, and Perry Saturn. Saturn. Dude, the movie had Sid Vicious. I could not be, like, stoked. Okay, listen. I know Sid Vicious is a big guy. But like, is it just me or did Sid look even more monstrous? All right, in this if movie? you, all right, if you, well, he's a fucking big fucking dude. Oh, I know. All right, so here's the John Cena Easter egg. Okay, if you come on. over. Okay, hold on. Let me. He's let me. at the fly machine right here. Okay. Hey, that is Cena. I reckon. I recognize that jarhead. Gotta like. Yeah. Oh, he's blind. He's prototype. He's prototype at that point. <laughs> There's your John Cena Easter egg. I love John Cena. You should go back and watch his feud with Angle. It's oh, really yeah, good. really? I, I couldn't tell with you crying that he, he got fucking cashed in oh by God. the money in bank. And then the next night. I was like 12. Wrestling was still real to me, damn it. You know what's fucking trippy about that? This is a true story. I remember yelling that to like to like old rival Matt James and like one time when he was giving me a hard time about wrestling being fake. Then years later I grow up and I find out that it's still real to me. Dan, it's still real to me was not only a meme page, but it for wrestling at the time, I don't know if it's still around, but it was also something that some cringy wrestling fans said in a Jim Cornette, like Q and a, and I was like, that's fucking trippy. <laughs> it's still real to me, damn it. Well, you know, I was like 13. When yeah, I was but continuing on. <laughs> but yeah, okay, so that happens, right? And then uh, he gets jumped by this movie. Okay, never mind the Perry Saturn thing. This movie wants me to believe that the scrawny old man can manhandle Sid fucking Vicious. Come on. Sid Vicious can't even manhandle Sid Vicious. Have you seen that guy wrestle? It looks like he's going to topple over any second. Yeah, so you could definitely believe Stu Hart just grabbing him by the ankles, <laughs> lifting him off his feet, and then just like tying him up and making him scream like screaming in pain. Okay, but if it's praying act- to whatever lord that he can find okay. in those moments of like um, that moments of torment. <laughs> okay, if it was actually Stu Hart, yeah, yeah, I could. Okay, so but but then but then when he's beating up Saturn, Sid Vicious cracks him over the head with a with a chair, and Sid Vicious looks really proud of himself too. He's like, huh. "Yeah, it's Sid, evil bad guy Sid." So, it's, dude, it's one of the best Sids. <laughs> so now they're at the hospital, you guys, and they're gonna go visit him. David's going to get a Butterfinger while King goes to visit the trainer. We see David catching the Nitro girl making a call to eat to not Bischoff because, uh-oh, she was a bad guy the whole time, you guys, which the movie already told us. So this is kind of neat, though, I thought, because normally the main hero doesn't see the betrayal. Normally it's, you know, the friend. 
Anyway, King goes to visit the guy and the old man opens the conversation with, my balls are in my throat, my prostate's the size of a melon, and I'm crapping tapioca. It's like I'm a kid again. (laughs) I love Sal. (laughs) This character is pretty awesome, not going to lie. The old man gives him one last lesson. He says, attack a man's strength. No one expects it. Yeah, no one expects it. And they're like, don't you mean attack his weakness? He's like, no. everyone. He's basically like, no, everyone accepts that expects that no one expects you to to hit him where it doesn't hurt most or something he says so he's like you gotta get out of town get back to basics this ain't this town ain't safe for a wrestler so yeah outside the hospital king isn't feeling too confident and then we also see david go talk to sasha and break it off yeah he says because she doesn't have a heart you don't have a heart so they're driving and king makes a little detour and i'll be honest the scene here is kind of nice because he goes to visit his wife and apologize vehemently. And then as soon as she sees him, she kicks him in the dick. Yep. And then she kicks him again. Yep. And yeah, he apologizes to the family and he said he's going to win. And there's like, yeah, what are you going to do? You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to win my belt back. I'm going to win that million dollars because, yeah, that's what also not Bischoff also put up to. Yeah. He's like, yeah, you can win the belt and a million dollars. I'm going to win that million dollars. I'm going to pay off all my debts. And get that boy some good dental care. So now, back in the hometown of our main characters. Man, I forgot how quick this shit jumps around. So now, yeah, now they're at the bar. Oh, yeah, like this movie was a fucking, like, what would you call it? A freaking pinnacle of pacing. Oh, yeah, right. It, freaking, Actually, the movie is paced well. You know what? For 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 a quirky comedy, yeah. It, it's not at a breakneck speed, but it's not slow either. So they go to this barn in Wyoming, and right away, David's dad shows up. And makes him get in the car. And then it crushes his dreams. Yeah, he says, your dreams... After going on this long, successful adventure. Yeah, his dad says, your dreams are stupid. And he compares... He said, he said Charles Manson followed his dreams too. So did Stalin. I'm like, dude, it's professional wrestling. <laughs> yeah, not fucking <laughs> genocide and murder. And communism. So David's home and, uh, and now... Um, he's home now and then... King and homie try to break him out. It's got come on. Come on. He's like, no, guys, I can't be doing this anymore. Yeah, he's like, he's like, David says how his he said, My dad says my dream's stupid and all this wrestling stuff is childish. He apologizes. Sorry, I gotta study for this cop test. Yeah. I gotta study for the police test exam thing. He's like, Oh, come on, David. Sorry, guys. And we can see, oh, David's been emotionally beaten down. Yeah. So they hold like tryouts to find a replacement for David. Or at least help get a posse together. Yeah. To help the king. Which is just this king guy beating on people for a few minutes. Like we get some memorable characters like Fireman Fred. I'm going to hose you down. Chewer. Just a guy with tobacco spit. And what was this chick's name? Miss Kitty? Yeah, Miss Kitty. (laughs) Fucking Miss Kitty. Why'd I call you Miss Kitty? She just strips off all her clothes wearing, you know. And he's like sitting there and he's just off face, just like, what's she going to do? Hit him with her boo? Uh, so we have the king actually thinking practical here. Yeah, I know. Ric Flair might have done a might have done a dancer too. So that's um, I so don't think this is a proper. I don't think this is an accurate portrayal of Ric Flair here. No. Is any portrayal of Ric Flair accurate? No, because no one could be Ric Flair. Is that a? I think that's a good thing, though. I'm gonna. I, I really need to watch that 20 minutes of people cutting promos on, uh, shooting on Flair. Uh, two sides of the story, you know. But anyway, so now it's time to go, 
And um, yeah, so yeah, we yeah, I was trying to think. It's like we see a montage with King whipping ass. Then we see him pick out a posse. Then we see the King. He's doing a jogging like it's like Forrest Gump or like freaking Rocky. And then it's the send off in the small yeah. town. We see James Conn's kid. He denies the advances of his blonde crush yeah. from earlier in the movie because he's like, oh, wow, you were on TV. That was super cool. And he's like, yeah, 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 I'll see you. Then he goes up to Wendy. He's like, hey, man. While I was gone, I, this is his. This is exactly what this is exactly what he says. You know, I was thinking about you know how you know how nice you always were to me. So I got you something. Which translation is, hey, so you're the only girl I know that watches wrestling, and that's really cool. So I got you this wrestling T-shirt. No, he got her a Hard Rock no, Cafe. T-shirt. No, it was a Hard Rock Cafe T-shirt. Yeah, yeah. She's like, oh my gosh, I love it. And she's like, I, I got a gift for you too. And she leads him into the motorhome and. You, you gotta prompt me, and and they totally bone you guys like right. straight up. They do, yeah. And then David Arquette comes uh, out uh, to say goodbyes to everybody, and King's like, "Hey, baby, you know, I wish you could be going with us." You know, he's like, "Sorry, man, I can't." You know, I'm gonna be honest here. This is a dumb movie. <laughs> this is a really dumb movie. But these few minutes here of this like heartwarming stuff. I don't know. I kind of felt it because you know the like David yeah, Arquette and his homie. They they changed this this Jimmy King guy. Yeah, they helped him get back on the horse. He's a better person now. Yeah, he's a better person, and he's awesome. And it's like, dude, you are awesome. And this is purely self projection. I'll completely admit, and this totally relates to you more than me. But you're a wrestling fan too. But like, there's something inherently relatable about David Arquette's character. You know, being a guy who's clearly in his twenties, and the entire world just feels the need to constantly berate and make fun of his past for wrestling and make him remind him that it's fake and call it dumb and stuff and uh, you know basically put push him into a position where he basically feels forced to give it up because it's childish and like I'm not giving it too much thought but I was just thinking about that when I'm writing my notes I'm just like man there's something like like unintentionally profound about that because bro even in the year of our lord 2022 depending on the person you talk to people give you a lot of shit for liking wrestling so I don't know. I thought that was a night. Nice, I thought that was actually some good writing. So now they're back at WCW. Yeah, we see the king. He's getting ready. We see James Conn's kid. He's dressed up, but in a sharp dress. Yeah, I called him. Uh, I was gonna. I kept. Uh, I thought he looked like a pimp, but since you kept calling him James Conn's kid, I'm gonna call him the Conn father now because yeah, he's looking know. like the Conn father. <laughs> And then we see Not Bischoff as he's announcing the match and the stipulation for the one title. For one million dollars in one man's life. Oh, there's a scene I forgot to mention right before that. Oh, so shit, right. I skipped over the scene. Because now they're in Vegas for the WCW Royal Bash. I don't think it was ever a pay-per-view. No. We see Nitro Girls dance. And then we have Not Bischoff talking to who? It's Sting! It's Sting! Oh, did, he does that later. Oh, shit. You totally killed it. Sorry. I, th- I thought that's what you were prompting me to do. No, no, I thought you were. Just, I was just prompting you to talk about the scene. Okay, well, it's Sting, everybody, and this is it's Sting. It, it, this is Crow Sting too. So he's sitting with the black and white face paint. He's just sitting there. He's just looking off in the space. And he's then just they, frowning. Not Bischoff literally tells him, you know, he's telling him he's like, hey, you know, you know, make sure it gets done tonight. He says, hey, make sure King doesn't reach that belt. And this is a direct quote: "I will kill you if you fuck this up." And then he leaves. Yeah, I'm like, okay, so he threatens things with death. Okay. And I wrote and I wrote in my notes, I said, 
This feels like, I wonder if this is what Sting's life was like when he was backstage at WCW at this time or when he was in TNA. I don't know. And then we saw the freaking Con Father. And then we have Not Bischoff announcing the one title, the one million dollars, and one man's life. Life on the line. And then we see the triple stack cage of death. And then the Michael Buffer introduction. Yeah. So funny story about this triple cage uh, thing for WCW. Yeah. It was a bad idea. Oh, yeah. It's a fucking horrid idea. That's it. Well, you think it'd be kind of a cool idea, but... Because it lo- it does look cool, right? Because it's literally three cages. You got to climb the whole cage. Like, that sounds kind of cool. It actually kind of... It sounds- works in the movie. It works in the And in an actual wrestling the match, it kind of fucking sucks booty ass. <laughs> it's a little ass. Oh, man. I wish Triple H brought that back for NXT. He brought back War Games. I think, we're, I think we can just stick to War Games. <laughs> Okay, so um, we have so, Michael Buffer. In yeah, Michael Buffer. You know the let's get ready to rumble. Peter Griffin. Ah, uh, ah. Uh, he said it. He said it. Ah, uh, he said it. He said it. He said the title of the movie. So let's get ready to rumble, and the match begins. Yeah, DDP and Jimmy King are going at it. They're fighting. I think there's one moment when we see the con father and friggin' Jimmy uh, and DDP, and he like disses DDP. He's like, "Hey, an upside down, hey, a diamond upside down is a pussy." <laughs> I'm like, I don't know why that was funny. That was a little funny. There, there's a part where they try to like handcuff Jimmy King, right? But then con father tries to like throw what was it, flowers? No, he, yeah, yeah, no, he flows. Yeah, he throws flower in a DDP's face, and he's yeah. like, "Kid, that doesn't work. That doesn't actually work." But then he's all handcuffed to the thing. He's like. Yeah, well, you know what a diamond is upside down? A pussy! <laughs> and then we see, like, Jimmy Key, come on, start climbing! And then it's like, freaking, you got Not Bischoff sending in goons like Juventud Guerrera. Can you imagine? And yeah, you just got Tony Schiavone and, like, Mike Tanae is like, oh, hey, oh my god, it's Hoovy! It's Juventud Guerrera! And the King's fighting off peeps with the fucking Terry Funk ladder spot. Yeah. Where he puts the ladder up and over his head and then he just spins around like a helicopter and everyone runs into that. Yeah, I wrote... I, yeah, and then there's this one mystery person and you're like, oh, who is that? And then they unmask and it's Jimmy King's son. Oh my God. I wrote that in my notes. I said, man, I can't believe that Royal uh, Ready to Rumble invented the Terry Funk ladder spot. Oh my God. It's David Flair. <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah and he's like son what are you doing here to kick your ass dad and he fucking like punts him in the dick but then we see Goldberg Booker T Billy Kinman and the Disco Inferno come in to help who was he friends with uh, Booker T Book, uh, Goldberg no 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 Billy I mean Kinman, in real life cause, and Disco Inferno no Disco Inferno I mean cause it sounds like he always got sweet gigs with WCW and people actually care okay, about his I wrestling I think you opinion. can guess this. Well, okay, I do know, okay? But it's just like, can you imagine? But then, oh my God, this was like the best part of the movie right here. Oh, yeah? Because Goldberg's trying to get into the cage. He's grabbing it. He's shaking it. He's looking like a he wild can't go, animal. Yeah, he can't just like rip open the cage. You're like, Rah! You know, he's Goldberging it. And then you hear an engine roar and a guitar riff comes on. And I'm like... I recognize that guitar riff. And then you see, it looks like a moped, but I don't think it's a moped. It's a motorcycle. It's a motorcycle, but it looks like a moped for some reason. Come launching down the rampway and then jumps through the gate, knocking it open, slamming into Jimmy King's kid, 
And just as I recognize the song, it goes, I'm like, oh shit. And then Goldberg and them get in the ring. And listen, I know what you think. I know what you're going to think. I know what you're going to say. I know what you're going to do. I don't care, dude. Watching these WCW guys kick the shit out of each other to Kid Rock, that was pretty badass. So, yeah, he crashes through. It gave you and now the big brawl ensues. We see David Spear King's kid. We got Goldberg saying, hey, hey, hey nice kid. spear. Nice spear, kid. And then, like, like, David like, then just randomly starts talking to Sasha in this fight. Yeah, she's like, yeah, she comes out of fucking nowhere, and she's like, oh, hey, that was kind of badass. I want to get back together. And then <clears throat> they're trying to tell her, hey, don't, don't stand still in a ladder match. And then she just gets hit by a ladder. Ha ha, lol. So now DDP and Jimmy King have like climbed up to the second cage. And then we're just hearing like Tony Schiavone go, it's now a street fight in the second cage. It's now a street fight. And they're like beating the shit out of each other. And DDP is able to like freaking subdue King and then climb up onto the top of the third cage. But then freaking like Jimmy King comes out. They're fighting on top. Freaking DDP knocks off Jimmy King down. And then... It's Sting as he swings on in and kicks DDP off the top of the cage. And now it's a climb, a race, as Jimmy King and DDP basically are just climbing up to there go was a grab funny, the belt. There was a funny scene when Sting landed and he's talking to David and Holmes. Like, oh, yes. Because like, Sting's right there and he's like, goes like, hey, Jimmy King, he's all right with me. And then for some reason, Confather's in a really good mood. He's like, you love Jimmy King. And you know what? We're not afraid to say we love other men. We love you too, man. And then he like opens up his arms to give him give Sting a hug. And then Sting just punches him in the face. Yeah, no, he does the Sting backhand punch. And then David Arquette's like, oh, me, 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 my turn, my turn, hit me. And then Sting backhands him in the face. Yeah. That was pretty funny. So yeah, Nana choking brawl on top of the cage with DDP and Jimmy King. Yeah. But then all Jimmy King does, he does a big gigantic scoop slam, throws him on top of the cage, and then we just see DDP just crashing through all the cage from the first, from like the third, second and third, just all the way through to the bottom of the I thought that killed him. It might as well. And then yeah, Jimmy, Jimmy King, King dude, wins. this was a blood this was a legit bloodbath. And then Jimmy King wins. This might have been my favorite match in WCW history. Are you sure about that? Name a better one from the Russo era. <sighs> okay, I don't think it's the Russo era, but I That's hear true. Yeah, no. I don't think there'll be anything in the Russo era, but I still need to see the second David Flair versus Chris Benoit match. That's true. I hear it's the greatest beating of all time. <laughs> if Brian and Vinny are to be trusted, which they usually are. Yeah. Or anytime Ming versus the Barbarian. Anytime Ming's on just sounds or great. The Ming was someone versus the Steiners. Ming, the Steiners, and Goldberg are usually pretty fun. Yes. Okay, so... Oh, speaking of which, did you hear the Steiners are getting fucking inducted? Yeah. Dude, that's crazy. Because I thought Scott Steiner hated WWE. Oh, dude. We get to see Scotty at the fucking <laughs> Hall of Fame. Does that mean does does that mean finally Frankensteiner is back in WWE canon? Yeah, are they gonna actually call Braun Breaker his fucking name? Braun Reichsteiner? I wish they would because have you watched him? He looks like Rick Steiner, but he he talks he, and acts like and Scott wrestles Steiner. like Scott. It's crazy. Oh, it's the best. But yeah, Jimmy King wins. And, and then, then many people are celebrating. Yeah. And our main characters then beat up not Bischoff. 
And then he they send him into the crowd when then the crowd also then beats up yeah, Not Bischoff because, too. Because not, not Bischoff. Because they hate this guy. Because Not Bischoff is like, you're all here because of me. I made professional wrestling. And the other kid's like, no, we did. The fans made it. And I'm like, is the other kid a baby face? Well, and yeah. Then, well, I guess. And then, yeah, he throws him into the crowd. And, and then, then we, we have Goldberg. Then we have, we just see a shot of Goldberg then freaking... Wait, hold on. I kind of skipped over. I apologize. We get a post-match promo. King says David, oh, yeah, yeah. a.k.a. the law. Yo, yeah, because he was dressed up as a cop it, this whole time. And the con father is like, no, he's going to be my partner and he's going to be my manager. And me and the law, we're going to go after the tag team titles. The king is back on top, baby. You know, these guys are all still alive and young-ish. They could still do that sequel. They could. We should try to raise support. Yeah. Start a GoFundMe. <laughs> Start a GoFundMe. Make Ready to Rumble 2. Yes, with AEW. <laughs> Dude! That makes sense on like eight different levels! Well, are we going to have Hangman Page be the be, like be the heel? Have him beat the ZDP! Yes! Dude, yes! Have Hangman be the DDP. <laughs> That'd be perfect! No, I'm trying to think. Who is the ultimate babyface in AEW? Right now, um, are people still unanimously cheering Sting and Darby? Yeah. Well, Darby wouldn't make a convincing bad guy. What about Luchasaurus? Well, no, he's not a main eventer. Dude, I think the biggest baby face has to be Eddie Kingston. Yeah. He's the one that refused, that no one boos him. You okay? Yeah, yeah. Even yeah. when he tried to be <laughs> the bad guy in the CM Punk feud, yeah. CM Punk just, just made himself be hated. Yeah, exactly. Oh, my God. That was hilarious. That reminded me of when Kurt Angle broke into WWE and then uh and then people but people loved him so much so they tried to have him say ridiculous stuff to piss oh, off no, the no, crowd. No, no, no. That was like later. That was like 2005. Oh, that's right. Yeah, where because yeah, well, he, he was bald. just Yeah, he was bald. He's just thrown on awesome matches and literally they he, they're trying to have him get booed. Yeah. And he's just saying racist shit. Yeah, he's straight up saying shit like so like you but, know that Osama Bin Laden is a misunderstood guy. Just shit like that. But then there was a point he literally just says, you know what? I will say anything and these people will still cheer me. I'm like, well, yeah, because you yeah, you're Kurt Angle. Yeah, you fucking rule. <laughs> but yeah, so the movie ends where it begins now at the gas station. Where, the liquor uh, store. Yeah, where Khan father is, ba- is telling the same kids, hey, man, dreams really do come true. And then we see Goldberg kill the fucking shitty, annoying, like, liquor store worker. He throws him through the door. And then they drive off into the sunset. Yeah, no, yeah, no. They get picked up in a Hummer with that's being driven by Nitro Girls. We have Sal Baldini in the freaking makeshift hot tub in the back of the summer. And then, yeah, they drive off. We have bloopers in the credits. And then a super cut of all the dick kicks that happened in this movie. That was fun. There was a lot. There was, like, 12. We did talk a lot. We went, like, dude, it's not... the. The episode's now gone up to two hours and 13 minutes. Hmm. Now, this movie does suck. Yeah. But it's better than Barbed Wire. Fuck, this almost sounds I, like well, I like the movie. I had more fun <laughs> watching this than Barbed Wire. Oh, way more fun. Yeah, like Barbed Wire, low-key was pretty bad. Yeah. Obviously better than the, like, freaking Cats the Black Sunshine. Yes. That's the worst movie we have seen. Yes, I still... I can't think of any other horrible movies we've actually watched. Well, Samurai Cop is technically a bad movie. Yeah, and I, I would say this movie is better than Samurai Cop. This movie's definitely better than Samurai Cop 2. Yes. Samurai Cop 1 might be kind of a low-key classic in comedy. Oh, no, it is. It's pretty good. If you watch that movie, I think you told me this. If you watch that movie and think of it as a comedy, oh, bro, it's gold. Oh, dude, it's fucking hilarious. Now, 
You can't bit. beat the comedy in that fucking movie. Now, this movie's interesting because even though it underperformed at the box office, you guys got to remember this is when wrestling was was mainstream. Well, wrestling's mainstream now, but it's it's a different kind of mainstream. This is when wrestling was mainstream back then. This movie had a profound effect on the history of wrestling, the history of WCW, and the history of David Arquette. Because... As everybody knows, one of the nails in WCW's coffin was that Vince Russo decided to put the WCW title on David Arquette. Now, I'm going to say something. Which pissed off a lot of fans at the time. It pissed off a lot of people in the wrestling business. Yeah, but if you actually watched it, David Arquette does a really good job on TV. He's not half bad. Yeah, he's a really good talker. And see, that's what I was going to bring up. So, I brought up OSW to you last time we were at the show. Or we were at the show, but I forgot to finish because we were talking about other stuff. And the guy on there, yeah, because we're talking about like death grips. <laughs> oh my! Oh hey, this fucking hyper pop shit's kind of pretty cool right now. Yeah, yeah. Hey, look at drunk Slipknot, bro. Just try to creep <laughs> on the fucking hyper pop like artist. That was, that was funny, but yeah, um, it's because one of the guys they have a podcast and they had a clip of one of the guys talking about their most overrated like replayed moments or talked about moments or whatever uh like for instance uh he was like he's tired of hearing about the screw job for instance um or or like iconic imagery moments like um oh like uh like for instance the moment where batista gave triple h the thumbs down for the contract sign whatever shit like that one of the things he talked about was david arquette and he was talking about how everyone always talks about, well, you gotta remember he's Irish, but you know, everyone always talks about, you know, when they talk about WCW, they all say the same thing. They all bring up the same points. And it got me thinking the David Arquette thing is still considered to stay one of the worst things to ever happen in wrestling. It was so bad, dumb idea. And I'm not saying it wasn't, but I want to ask you a serious question. Have we not seen worse? Oh no, there's worse. Believe there's me. been way. No, no, the Arquette is actually not. It's like everyone like trips I would out, almost, and it's like a big like. It's kind of like a kind of like it's definitely documented where people kind of overplay it. But I'm like, no, that's not the worst of Nitro. There's yeah. stuff that literally gets even worse. Even Brian and Vinny said it when they were talking when they were going through. It's like no, David Arquette was awesome. Actually, yeah, it's just. He was in a shitty situation because, like, hey, we're going to put the title he on He was you. under and contract. Like, I'm like, can you please not? But they just <laughs> did. No, it gets worse. <laughs> and that's the thing. It's like, to this day, there's still You know what? Wrestling. There might be anything worse than with David Arquette. New huh. Anything with the New Blood Alert Rising. Oh, dude. The New Blood Faction, where it's like, hey, we, yeah. you're going to try to make stars with these geeks. But we're going to make the we're gonna make the young up-and-coming talents the bad guys. Yeah, we're going to make them the bad guys. And we're going to make the rich, like, charismatic people the good guys and who are way more entertaining than these young schmucks like Billy Kidman. <laughs> cool. He can do a shooting star press. Yeah. But he's kind of a geek and he's trying to, like, beat up Hulk Hogan. Yeah, exactly. And then Hulk Hogan's, like, hunting him down like a slasher villain. But, yeah, I just, I just, I just, I just wanted to make that point. And I guess Bischoff might be boning Tory Wilson. I guess he was. Storyline. Yeah. But yeah, um, that's pretty much it. I just, I was just thinking about that watching this movie and, you know, just thinking about wrestling and like, you know, just, yeah, it's one of those iconic things because directly after this movie comes out, a couple weeks later, boom, they put the title on, on David Arquette. And it's, to this day, you know, like I said, it's one of those things like, oh, this is what killed WCW. Oh, this is what proves Vince Russo. No, the year was, 2000 killed, the, the year 2000 killed WCW. Yes. Like the whole year. The whole year. But yeah, so that's, uh, 
uh, or I, Jeff Jarrett. Him but, just trying, him being pushed as a top star. A wild slap nuts appears. A wild slap nuts appears. So let me make something perfectly clear hey, right now. Hey, slap nuts. I'm the chosen one. Slap nuts. Breaks guitar. So yeah, uh, to sign off, final thoughts. Would I ever watch this movie again? No. Would I ever watch... Eh, I've watched what, this movie a couple times. It, it could be worse. I would watch I the cage match fine. at the end. Oh, I forgot to mention... Um. When they were during the scene where King was driving away, there's a bit where um, where um, Tony Khan's kid and the girl walk out and they're like naked or whatever. And then he runs back to the Moham. I totally forgot to mention. I remember seeing that scene as a kid. For some reason. I'm sure this movie. I remember, I remember seeing the last like 15 minutes of this movie, like a, like quite often. But the part that always stood out to me was that dude's bare ass. Now, I don't know what that says about me or my brain. Maybe you just remember fucking just, James Bond's reme- kids at bare ass. <laughs> I just remembered I wanted to point out that, yes, I technically probably did see this movie. Yeah. But yeah, is it a bad movie? Sure. But was it enjoyable? <laughs> yeah, this movie's a pretty fun time. You know, it's an enjoyable movie. You know what was a good movie? Before we wrap up, I did want to talk about this earlier in life, but just didn't get to. I went and saw that movie X. That oh, was a pretty fun movie. How was it? Yeah, because, you know, it's the fucking, like, production company, A24, that did, like, you know, The Lighthouse, Hereditary, mm-hmm. Midsummer. Yeah. So it was kind of cool. This movie was like, dude, they just did, like, a classic slasher movie. Oh, nice. Because I was like, when was the last time we actually got a slasher movie in movie theaters that wasn't Scream? Uh, that would be the technical one. But uh, anything that wasn't... Technically, the new Halloween movies? Because Michael Myers yeah, is Yeah, when was the last time you got, like, an actual different, like, just... Quote unquote original slasher like, like, movie, like a slasher movie that wasn't part of an established franchise. Yeah, just like the '80s where there were a bunch of just random one-off slasher. Yeah, films. yeah. So yeah, dude, a X, long time. Yeah, X was just like yeah, no, totally was just like a fun, almost kind of classic slasher movie. That's cool. And like yeah, there's gonna be some sex scenes, but we watched Caligula, so I was definitely desensitized. Sex is nothing to me now. No, not not in a fucking movie trying to shock me. <laughs> yeah, there's like one moment where you see the like t- like the foot. I don't know if you want me to say spoilers or anything. I mean, I don't know if you want to go watch the movie. I probably wasn't, so you can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so obviously, I'll the, see when it's on TV. So the killer is definitely the older couple. Freaking why? Like this fucking older lady starts killing people because she's a little. She used to be a young, hot commodity, very pretty. Now she gets no dick. And then he has, she has all this like young people coming in, y'all having fun, hot, promiscuous sex. She's getting flustered. She wants to get dicked down, but then no, she starts killing people. And then her old man is just like, ah, she's getting flustered again. And I gotta ha- kill all these people now. I don't want to kill all these people. There's one, there's one scene where we see them boning down, which you're like, oh my god, old people boning. It's so disgusting. I'm like, dude, I watch Caligula. I'm a little desensitized. Hey, Loki, man, not old people lie. deserve to bone, too. Yeah, but, like, dude, the movie was, like... I'm just sitting there. It's like, dude, you got the build-up. We got the fucking... Matt, you got budget store Matthew McConaughey stepping on a nail, and you're like, oof. And then he gets fucking <laughs> stabbed straight in the eyeball. So you got an eyeball gore scene. You got a fucking scene where you had the fucking, like... Where you had the killer push the dumb blonde lady into the lake, and then she, you see her head just get stripped, chomped, jaw styles by a crocodile. There's a crocodile? Yeah. Because it's no. in the South. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's fine. I'm like, dude, this movie had all, like, classic kills, bro. You got the eyeball stabbing, crocodile. You got the fucking, just, like, unnecessary amount of stabbings on the dead body mm. and shit. 
you have the fucking like just shotgun that just basically shoot that basically slings people across the fucking room. Yeah, yeah. And shit. Oh fuck. Well, oh, I gotta remember. It was like because there was all like kills. Yeah, you got like the freaking like token black guy who's like I served in Vietnam and stuff too, and he just goes like freaking just like oh yeah, boom gets killed out. Like oh, there's like yeah, just like a lot of those kind of like classic. Like old like slasher killers. Sounds like a fun popcorn flick. Yeah, dude, it was a fun popcorn flick done by like fucking indie movie like standards. Which the main character, which like or at least the lady on the pro on like the friggin' um you know the posters with the blue like friggin' eyeliner and shit. Her because she plays two characters. She plays like the fucking final girl and also the friggin' old lady killer was also the same fucking chick that played the teenager that was boning down with the main character in Nymphomaniac. And I was like, God fucking damn it. Why you just can't be- escape that movie, dude. Fuck no. <laughs> like, X was good, though. X was, X was a fucking baller Oh, it was movie. made by the dudes that made Lighthouse. I don't doubt that. Well, at least that production company. Yes. I was like pretty stoked because literally like that Saturday we were just like hanging and like my friend was just doing like going through this poll where like, you know, fight tournament, which horror like fucking which horror icon would win in a fight between these two. And I'm sitting there like, fuck, dude, I kind of want to go watch a horror movie right now. Oh, shit. Is Exxon? Oh, damn. Let's go fucking see that shit. That sounds fun. Yeah, no, dude, that movie is pretty fucking fun as fuck. For the most part. If you like, you know, watching old classic, that fucking just formulaic slasher movies. Because we haven't had something like that in a minute. Not a while. Not going to lie. And it's just like a fun movie. A free sexy movie, too. (laughs) Yeah, because like, dude, fucking Kid Cudi's the token black dude that's doing all the fucking main porn acting and shit. Oh my God, that's funny. Yeah, because as soon as like, yeah, my friend's like, dude, that's Kid Cudi. I'm like, wait, the rapper? She does a pretty good job in the movie. Yeah, no, dude, that movie is fun as fuck. All right. All right, we'll sign off. Anything you want to say? Uh, no? Okay. This was the Doctor no. at Danger Radio Show with your host, James Edward. I hope you have a good one. Adios.